Hello and welcome to another episode of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. I clicked start recording there and it apparently took about 10 minutes to start going. Um, we are, for the mature viewers or listeners of this podcast, on episode 69. Um, That's hilarious. It's hilarious, yeah. Number, number nine, Doug Blatt. Um, and we're joined by a full roster today and we have Elite League Hockey to talk about. So lots of things to... Uh, Lots of things to be happy about today, gents. So we're joined, obviously, by Mr. David Grant. Dave, how are we doing today? Not bad, thank you. Um, it's, it feels like it's been an eternity since the last uh, cast. Um, so it's it's nice not only just to talk about hockey, but the the British game. I know we've had the uh, the NIHL series and everything, but uh, it's good to talk about the Elite League. It's, it just feels like an ages. Um it just seems a lifetime ago since that uh, Challenge Cup final. So I, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good one. The band's back together. Absolutely and, uh, true. Yeah. And some of some of the Twitter some of the Twitter um, fallouts as well have, have really well and uh, welcomed the Elite League back with open arms. I think that was the point oh, where we all realised the Elite League is back. <laughs> Twitter was on peak form this last week and a half. Oh, it's been great. It has been great. We are also joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing today? Yep. Um, yeah, not bad, thanks. Uh, just, yeah, it's, it's been a long time, hasn't it? And uh, like, I can't remember the last time we even did a podcast, so it, it's good to be back. And uh, like Dave mentioned, just having having uh, elites, British hockey back is great. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, it's, it's a sign of things to come for the future. And hopefully we'll be able to keep this rolling for the full season come October. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Mate, you say it's been an eternity since the last podcast. Think about the eternity since the last game. And in fairness, I don't think many of us can remember the last game that we attended. So, (laughs) I I can vaguely. I I vaguely remember, like... I remember like hugging multiple people and now looking back at that going, hmm, social distancing <laughs> came into play about a week after that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's always a good one. Um, last but not least, and I have intentionally saved him until last because of the seeding of his NHL team. We are, of course, joined by the two plus wonder that is Mr. Gareth Dutton. Gref, tell us about how crap Buffalo are. I mean, I don't need to. If we just look at the table now, 17 losses in a row. But on the plus 17. side, I get to see hockey midway through April. I haven't seen that in, like, what, 10 years? I'm going to say, that's it's been a fair while you've had that, haven't you, mate? I don't even know what this is like. I'm, it's normally golf course time. I'll say, I'll say one thing, mate. If, if you struggle with it, you know, the, the enormity of being able to watch hockey in April, ask one of us three. I'm sure we'll help out. I would not want you to go through this next five weeks struggling because you just don't know how it feels. I will do. Thank you very much. Go be there for your friends, mate. This is why uh, Buffalo just tanking the season now, isn't it? It's just a, it's just a pure flat out not being used to playing at this point in the year. Very much. <laughs> mate, happily take the losing streak record off the Penguins. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. No problem at all. Uh, I'm going to take it off Winnipeg as well. On the 22nd of April. What's theirs? Th- was it 30? 30, yeah. 30, yeah. <laughs> Here's a question. Is it worth a banner at the arena? If you hit that 30 mark. Oh, 100%. I'd say so. You could have like a Simpsons night with a poster, but at least you tried and have some cake. <laughs> Can they lift the banner at the same time, confirming 10 consecutive playoffs missed? 
<laughs> double ra- a double banner raising night. Ten, ha ha ha. <laughs> oh man, don't that, that that takes me back when we went to Manchester and we were climbing up those stairs because the lift was out. <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, boys, we're here to talk about British hockey, so let's uh, let's switch on to British hockey. We've obviously got the Elite Series that's been announced. I'm going to throw that out as a topic straight away, just as a whole. The Elite Series. What are we? What are the thoughts? Pros, cons? Um, I'm I'm excited for it. A, because it gets to see the team I follow back on the ice, and it has been a long time. Um, and it's a nice, and it is a trading camp for the national side, for the world champs. Um, I know that the NIHL have had a couple of streaming series in the Spring Cup as a, as a starter to get things back up running and well done to them. Um, it'd be unfair to not mention that. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and, you know, five weeks in Nottingham, all the games... You know, it's like the NHL playoff in terms of the bubble. Um, and you know what? It's, it's one of them where I don't think people are wanting to win the over. I think it's, it's just going to be good to see teams a little bit balanced in terms of, you know, the Brit selection and movement. Um, and it's just, I just, I, can't, I'm, I am genuinely excited. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I mean, like I mentioned, hockey in mid-April didn't happen often to me, but I get to see, obviously, I get to see Storm again. Get to see just hockey again in general in this country. I mean, obviously, yeah, we had the NHL Spring Cup. We had the the little mini series that I've been like Blackburn Hawks and Witness, and that that's been good to watch. So it's getting to watch. Oh, also getting to watch hockey at a decent time as well, because obviously, when we're watching NHL, now we're back. Now the clocks have gone forward. We're back to 12 o'clock, unless you're on the West Coast, and 3 a.m. It's just going to be fun to watch. It's it's just great to have a sense of normality back. You know, I mean, things aren't fully back to how they were before, but having you know a, a sport that we all cherish uh, back in some way, shape, or form in in the in the UK is is great. And uh, you know, it all started with the elite series. Uh, Sorry, not the least. The NIHL streaming series. Uh, I think that's been a good opportunity for the younger players uh, of the Elite League uh, to get ice time. Now, just a bit of uh, a bit more practice before things started off again here, where whenever that would be back, back when it started. So it was good to get them a bit more ice time uh, that they probably wouldn't get normally in an elite in Elite League game. So it's given a lot of opportunity for them uh, for when the Elite League does start back up and what they've done is basically looked at the NIHL and, and they've seen players that normally that they probably wouldn't have thought of before. It's given them a platform to basically show what they can do and uh, uh, make the coaches judge if they're ready for that step up to the Elite League. So it, it is a great thing that that happened. Uh, and going forward, it's great. I, I mean, you've got um, so many players from the NIHL that have been drafted in, 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 in the um for this tournament and it's it's great to see uh the only downside is of course not all elite teams can take part because it is a england only thing unfortunately uh, having said that though it is a shame not to see guildford in it mm-hmm. the whole five teams would have been a great instead of just four be a bit, bit more hockey here and there but no it's, it's gonna be a great series it's gonna be like a not a playoff weekend but like a playoff month 
but of course you've got the semi-finals being two legs which I think is, is going to be great I think it's going to give a bit more uh, a, a different view of, of what a normal playoffs will be for us so I, I think it's going to be uh, really fun to watch and see if this makes a difference going forward to the league in terms of formats yeah it's absolutely it's definitely something to look forward to isn't it I mean we, we've all said about the fact you know it's been great watching the NHL <clears throat> I think when the NHL came back in January, we were all excited to just have some hockey back on the screens. But it's that proximity to home, isn't it? It's having it back in back in the country. Yeah, we can't go and watch the games yet. Yeah, we'd love to be back in an arena, pinting and you know watching watching the games. But <clears throat> at the moment, it's going to have to be watching it pinting and at home. But we get to see some of our own players play. We get to see our own t- teams play. Uh, and you know that's a that's a huge thing. And <clears throat> you talk about the opportunities that it brings there, Andy. In fairness. It's amazing what it's done, in fairness, for the British sport. And everybody's kind of looked at the negatives. And obviously, there have been a lot of negatives over the last 12 months with regards to the effect that COVID's had on the sport. But this is actually potentially going to bring some silver lining to the whole hockey situation over the last 12 months because it's actually showcasing the British side of the game. We've got our top flight league in the UK, primarily icing Brits, you know, only eight imports that's you know we've never seen that before we're seeing more british goalies adding adding onto rosters like you say you're seeing nihl players that you would have never even considered moving up to an elite league team being able to showcase themselves and being able to put the name in the draw for that for you know for that team and I, I think in fairness on top of that it's great because we've spoken before about the danger to british hockey there are a lot of british veterans that are playing in the in the national team at the moment and it's very very difficult for youngsters to break onto those elite league squads because Obviously, each team wants to compete and put the names forward for uh, for contention in the league title, contention in the playoffs, contention in the Challenge Cup. So this is actually the point where we can start seeing, is it viable for us to start icing more Brits over imports in the, in the long term? Don't know whether or not it will. I can't see it happening, but I can see the imports numbers having some kind of... They're definitely going to have to change, just given the fact that we were bringing in the EU um, player on the, uh, the last time the season was going to run, it was going to be, was it going to be 11 imports and, <clears throat> and one, one EU player or something like that? It was somebody that didn't need a working visa, wasn't it? So who knows how that will be affected. But yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great to see hockey back in the UK. Um, you said about the draft. So shall we throw straight into the draft? What do we think? Fairness, it's, it's a very, very new thing for our league. It's, it's very... Uh, interesting thing and it was it was tagged i think by todd kelman or aaron fox as being a bit like fantasy football draft or something like that what did we think to it joe i'll say first off uh, that's it's a good pick for the agenda let's talk about the draft um i, uh, I, I, I liked it it, <laughs> it was fun and i'll be honest with you i we was chatting throughout the draft and i've also watching the names and I'm saying straight off, Matt Myers finally in, in orange is superb, and that is on an order with the shirt coming here. It'll, you know, only for five weeks, but I don't care. Um, point aside, I, I liked it in terms of you had that a little bit of drama, you had that talk of of the trade, you had I mean, straight off, you know, Nottingham and Manchester did the big trade. Um, you, you had a lot of moving parts at the same time, and it was well put together, um, well hosted by Todd Kelman. Um, I know it was, um, I can't remember, the guy who does the Steelers video, uh, the webcast stuff, he, he's... Dave Burnham. 
that's it. Dave Byrne and his team put all the sort of links together. Well done. Um, it was well hosted. And, and the after show, um, Ollie Hampton and Hedoma Pasha and Adam Keith. That was again another good production. And it, it was, we as British hockey fans, we like to downplay everything and say everything's rubbish, everything's poor. You know, we can't say this is good because we feel like we have to because that's what forums and social medias tell us what that's what we have to do. But I thought it, it was borderline, very, and I'm saying borderline, probably unfair, but it was very prof- professionally put out production. It's never going to be to the level of the NHL and people comparing comparing apples and oranges, but it was very well put together. Um, and I, I liked, well, the thing I was saying in terms of what I was thinking of is, is some of that maybe, some of the points already made by Andy and Greff in terms of the people that have played in the NHL series now have that chance to showcase their talents in, in this series. Is it something moving forward that actually you have like maybe even just apprentices, but in a draft to actually allow them the chance to train with elite league teams that actually get spotted. It's some, I feel genuinely that as much as it was done for a purpose to help the national side, I think this actually could be even better longer term for the national side and the national game in terms of the reduction of the imports, because it will have to happen obviously on a cost basis because of COVID. But now you're going to get more of the opportunity of more British players actually taking part. So I, th- I think long term, A, it was well put together. Um, it was fun. But I think unintentionally, I think there's going to be even longer term benefits, which we'll, we'll see in five, ten years, if it's used, if it's used again. That will do well for the game. Yeah, I think, well, obviously, yeah, it was quite uh, professional. You could, it was definitely professional, you'd say. And then, but then they had in their own little, little quirks, so try and make it a little bit more enjoyable. So you had, like, obviously... You had Fox before he picked Maya saying, does anyone want to trade with me? Because of the first trade that happened with Finner and Doucette. And then he was like, Doucette pretending to ring to pick up his Uber Eats or Delivery, Just Eat, whichever one you want. All good outlets. And then, obviously... <laughs> I hope his food is nice. Yeah, so do I. Nah, they delivered it to the wrong address. That's why he was on the phone with them. <laughs> ah, that's why. Then <laughs> I obviously had the nice pickup, good pickup that. Oh yeah, it's a good pickup that for every single player. I mean, granted they were pretty good pickups. So obviously you had Ben Davis, you well Sir Ben Davis, sorry, and Matty Myers, Ben Barnes. Then you had the, like, the normal few that you picked. But then you had to play, like, you'd never really see in the Elite League. So, like, your Antonovs, your Solder, your, oh, the new one for us, Harry Gulliver. You wouldn't actually see those players really play in the league. But you'd think anyway, just because mostly focused on imports. But... With COVID and cost cutting and stuff, and not being in the EU, that could down the line. Maybe not next season, but a few seasons to go, you'd be like, yeah, we'll we'll do this. It'd be pretty decent to actually see, especially when you've got you get academies around the around around the UK. Obviously, you've got Sheffield, Nottingham's. We've got one. You've got the Old Hagen Hockey in Swindon. 
quite a few. I'm looking forward to hopefully the benefits down the line. Yeah, I thought it was great for the fans. Most um, importantly, it was like a basically our warm up to this streaming streaming series, and uh, you know, it, this came out of nowhere, and no one expected us to be able to put something on after the news of not being able to get any funding last time. So it was massive. It, it, it was quite out of the blue. Uh, but yeah, just well put together for the time that that it had, and like I said earlier regarding these uh, these players from the NIHL that it wouldn't regularly regularly see in a normal season. It's great for them to you know uh, be put forward into this, and like I said, just use it as a as a platform and then show what they can do because you're not going to have the bounces, the doubts, the Richardsons, the Myers. You know, all those players are not going to be around forever and you need to give these younger Brits a chance because if you don't give them a chance that uh, the veterans, I suppose you could call them now, if you don't give them the chance that, that the that the elite league vets had, then you're just not going to be at the full potential and be able to, you know, keep in, in, in the top division of, of international hockey. So it's important for them to, you know, take this with open arms, basically, show what they can do. And hopefully it'll be a long-standing uh, thing for the future to see them playing competitive games, to get regular ice time in, let's be honest, the, the top division in the UK. So, uh, my only issue with the actual uh, draft itself is, is there was no Hanford Parish, Parish Council um, sort of wording as, as to, uh, you know, you've got no authority, Todd Kelman, no authority at all. I, I hope someone would, would have said that, but they didn't. So that's the only negative from me. But uh, overall, no, j- just great for the fans and uh, just a good experience as well for the uh, players watching to hear the name being called out and names that you wouldn't hear before. You do hear now. And uh, like I said, it's a big opportunity for them. And um, the league definitely needs more, more top Brits playing in, in, in the top league. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the other things for me was the professionalism of it, actually. I... I might unfairly say, but it took me by surprise as to how well it was put together. I expected some kind of like, you know, I don't know. I don't really know what I was expecting in comparison, but I just thought the way it was pulled together was great. It was really professional. It was really good, uh, entertaining to watch. Um, I liked the way they tried to mimic certain aspects of the NHL. So things like you're on the clock, um, like anybody was ever going to take, what was it, three minutes they were given for each draft? Like anybody was ever going to take the three minutes? Like the longest that there was was, as you say, when uh, Doucette, um went to go and have a phone call with his Uber, his Uber Eats driver. And then um, when Fox said, he's really awkward, does anybody want to trade? Followed by 30 seconds of silence and then Fox saying who he wanted to draft. Um, we always knew, in fairness, there were, there were always a handful of players that were always going to go at the top of that draft list. Draft list. I don't think anybody knew, you know, anybody would have said anybody but Ben Bounds to be going first on that list. Um, Hammond and Lake actually went the opposite way to what I'd have expected. I genuinely thought Manchester were going to go with Hammond and then Coventry were going to go with Lake. But, you know, we always knew that those players were going to go in the top kind of four or five. Myers was the player that I was really hoping that the Steelers were going to put pen to paper for. So, um, I, no, I really liked the way that they did it. While we're talking about the draft, there's one thing that we've kind of shied away from or that we've not we've not mentioned just yet, which was the protected players' lists. 
Um, I know that obviously each team was allowed five players to protect the general consensus being that if they were under contract in the 1920 season, if they were under, under contract for what was to be the 2021 season, or if they were contracted for the 21-22 season, they were eligible to be drafted. Now, in full Sheffield style, we managed to find a way of um, of making that contentious. Uh, but it wasn't just Sheffield that added their names to the list of that, because Coventry, uh, Coventry, Manchester, also managed to throw uh, Joe Hazeldine and Kieran Long into that list. So, um, what did we think to the, the kind of the way that they said the protected, you know, the protected players side of things, and then what do we think to the fact that there were certain teams that decided not to disclose the players that they'd signed just so that they could shock everybody at that moment. I liked um, how all the vast majority of Manchester were going, Kirk's going to be a stone player. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, oh, boo-hoo. Steelers cheating. Kind of the standard rhetoric from Manchester hockey fans over the years. Um, now, I, yeah, that it was great Twitter again when that, when our list was released. Um, and I, I must admit, I did like that kind of, you have the protection of, of the British players, um, so at least you have a standard of what you, you know. You, you then not all the Brits were in the draft, so I liked that kind of concept. Um, I was told or read that we had signed Kirk, and it was announced a go ages ago. Um, as in a you can start here, get your legs going, then go back to North America. Um, I either way, I, you know, it was funny. Um, and I think I suppose when I say it's funny it, 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 what, in a daft concept what British hockey fans needed was that social media outrage and it was provided in abundance but the for me in terms of not saying anything the worst team to do it kept under the radar so congratulations Manchester um, but yeah nah, it was fun I think all the picks when you had the rules of those eligible to play for GB was announced. I think the picks kind of, apart from the the three that no one knew had signed allegedly, they all kind of um, was kind of was self-explanatory to each team. Um, so yeah, no, again, it was another good part of the whole process that the Elite, the Elite Series is going to be. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it wasn't just that. Our fans that were calling you cheats, it was pretty much the whole elitely that was saying it, and then it was like, Well, we can't really say anything. We've just come out of the blue and said, Oh, yeah, we've got Kieran Long on the protected list because he had signed for the 2021 season when Belfast said they weren't playing in the season. When there was talks of it happening, but then it didn't actually happen until now we got in the mini series. So I was, I was happy with that, and obviously. When Nottingham tweeted a few hours before saying they tried to set <laughs> Hazel down and but he'd already signed for someone else. It's like, oh, okay. That would seem pretty good benefits for us. The fact that, because I'm pretty sure I saw like a few of your fans going, wait a minute, wait a minute. When obviously Kieran, it was Kieran Long on that list. Then obviously you took the limelight off us. When Kirky was on your list, it was hold brilliant. my bear. <laughs> Literally, hold my bear. She <laughs> was like, "Welcome back to the Elite League." Social media it was brilliant. I, 
I mean, protected list way we went about, great. Especially, obviously, you're saying, oh, yeah, the ones that are eligible to play for the national team, even though the Canadian railer or American, yeah, you can still go on that list. It's like, oh, so that means we've definitely got Dallas Earhart then. And then obviously, you are like, yeah, we've got Connor left. Great. And then obviously, Panthers getting Jackson Whistle. Hmm. That was down loopholes, eh? Oh, love a good loophole. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it it was just fun in the aspect that you just didn't know, with the protected list of sides uh, and of the available picks, you just didn't know who was going to who, and it, it was that sort of heart in mouth moment whether your favourite player was going to go to a rival or you're going to finally see a player you wanted mm-hmm. in your shirt for a long time, and it was just that, when it happened, it was just that, ooh... That sort of um, <laughs> feeling was. Still into pussy boots. Is that when you've yeah, been no. the fact then? So you're not playing. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. No, that's all right. Um, He's yeah, not really. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, just when you have the whole back and forth on social media, that, that that's when you know everything's basically back. Uh, you, you know. Saying that it, it's been a long time since this happened this this much, which that means you know it's been a long time since we've had hockey. So it's just great to see all around. Uh, the protected lists are good. I think the teams have saved probably a degree, which is the most important the British players. And uh, no, it's, it's it's really good for them. And uh, again, just bringing these these players in to basically um, you know play alongside them and for the veterans to give. Them, Give him some advice and uh, show my finger too. Now it's, it's, it's just fantastic and uh, just the whole things put together great and just looking forward to, to get it going. Yeah, exactly that. In, in fairness, I had a, a, a horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach leading up to when the Sheffield's protected players list was being um, released solely because I just had this feeling that not only had we um, done some dealings to get Kirk on ours, and in fairness, when you looked at like the lead up to it, like you looked at people tweeting about Kirk and it was very much like shied away from any response, which kind of, you know, if it was a bog standard answer of just Kirk's available in the draft, I feel like it would have just been said Kirk's available in the draft. So straight away, shying away from answering. I think one of the tweets that I actually saw was somebody tweeted Simsy and said, are you, um, what's happening with the Liam Kirk situation or are you not allowed to tell us? And he said, you're right. I'm not allowed to tell you and straight away. That was like, okay, well, he's obviously coming back to Sheffield if you're not allowed to tell us because otherwise it'd be the obvious, but even things like he obviously got the contract to play in Sweden. That was, that came from Fox. Fox was the guy who placed him in that team. You know, he was going to want to play some hockey this year. Was he going to put pen to paper just in case there was a prospective season? We all expected there to be something this year. You know, and the last podcast that we had, we actually were quite surprised at that point, if memory serves, to be saying that at that point there'd been nothing announced. So, you know, it wasn't that unreasonable to think. But one of the feelings that I had in the pit of my stomach was that we'd done something to get Ben Lake to sign on paper as well, just because, and I added two and two together and got 47, because I looked at Ben Lake playing for the Steel Dogs in the NIHL Spring Cup, and everybody seemed to kind of go in cohorts of who was playing in what team. Uh, and Ben Lake playing for the Steel Dogs, there was just a little part of me that just thought, 
Have they added late, late to this list as well? I just know, like, can you imagine the kickoff if we'd added late to that list as well? Like, it just Elite League Twitter would have just blown up. But I think, in fairness, you know, towards the end of last season, towards well, throughout many seasons and and many times that we've been doing this podcast, I think we've all looked at some of the kickoffs on Twitter and rolled our eyes. Um, and I think we all kind of had to admit a bit of a guilty pleasure when we noticed it coming back and everybody going, yeah, I kind of missed this and I never thought I would. <laughs> so, no, it's, 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 it's Maybe it should great. be a section for the, next se- for the new season. Sort of social media highlights. Yeah. <laughs> top, yeah, every week, top goals of the week, top saves of the week, top tweets of the week. <laughs> yeah, the, the hold my bear section. I, I think that could yeah. be something that we could do. 100% needs to be done now, I think. 100% needs to be done. Um, We'll move away from the draft, unless anybody's got anything else to add to the, to the draft. Oh, actually, first, before we do, one thing. Did, was anybody else surprised at the placing of Sam Gospel in that list? He was dead last to be picked in the draft. I was a little bit, yeah. Um, But then again, we, as I said, we were chatting throughout the whole draft. There was a number of players that was quite high up that you just thought would be lower down and vice versa. So I, I kind of think he may have been kind of the, the kind of the after effects of that kind of players that you would expect to be higher picked than they were. Mm. But he got picked. So that's the main thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Anyway, um, we'll move on. To to... For me, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I've, I've just thought of this. Uh... Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, Whistle and Bowers on the same team. What do we make of that? Do we think it's a bit unfair because they need uh, like full t- full time each, or do you think uh, if if they do get half time between the two of them, that that'll be the benefit of them? Or I not? think Nottingham tried to play a game of chess and they failed epically at it because I don't think they wanted both of those guys on their roster. They obviously, at the time of the draft, didn't know that, the, or presumably didn't know that the trade was going to be accepted. By all accounts, by the way it was played up, when Ryan Finnerty said we've accepted a trade, everybody, everything seemed to suggest that that trade was going to Sheffield. Fox seemed to be smiling like he was going to be told that it was him. Everything seemed to be thinking. I was sat there thinking, okay, yeah, we've got it. And then he said to Nottingham, and it was like, ah, okay. Um, I don't think they ever wanted to keep both goalies. I think they took whistle just in case they couldn't get bounds. And then I think they were banking on the fact that someone was going to trade for one of the brick goalies. Uh, and I think that backfired epically on them. I'll talk more about it in the, when we go through the rosters, but I think they need to, given the purpose of the whole tournament, they need to manage this correctly. This is not a, oh, we just do it for our team. They have mm. to manage this correctly. I would be expecting Pete Russell to be talking to Guy Dissette and Tim while saying, this is why this tournament's happening. This is what I want you to do. Normally, they could go and just stick two fingers up to Pete Russell, but this is the one occasion where the national team go, no, this is the ben- This is the purpose of this event. It happens. So that's... Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Joe in that respect. Of, I think there was a little bit of a chess game going off and they didn't totally lose, but they didn't totally win. Um, but yeah... I think there has to be some form of management with a view to the potential world championships. Yeah, six games each should obviously for the the regular season part should possibly do them well, and then obviously go from going from there and pick him just bound for your semi final and final if you get there. Mm. But yeah, I think they did play a bit of chess and then 
They didn't play checkmate. They got checkmate themselves. I honestly think they were expecting us to offer Myers for Whistle. They were never going to trade Bounds. As soon as they got Bounds, Whistle was always going to be a piece they were going to trade away. And I honestly think they expected us to be trading Myers for Whistle. That that was my... I was genuinely concerned at one point. When we signed uh, Sacred Danielson in, his inter- in Fox's interview, he actually said that he'd, he'd been talking to Nottingham, they'd not been moving, but there was always a chance that they might do... Um, and yeah, I was just sat there at that point thinking, please don't trade Myers for Whistle. That's so not a worthy trade. Um, but in fairness, the flip side is it might work out well for Bounds because in fairness, like he's played the whole, he's obviously played for Graz. He got was it any injury that he got for Graz for yeah. a large portion of the season with them, and then all of a sudden he's going to go and play. It's like three games a week or something, two three games a week in this series. Like it might do him well to just get a few games back with the British British boys, but then also be able to just take a back seat. We've always talked about how much of a hammer inbounds gets when he's playing a full season and then he's playing in the World Champs. I know it's not to the same scale, but yeah, you know if they if they traded away whistle then Bounds would be playing every game. So at least that gives Bounds a bit of time as well, just to kind of get his head in the game, get playing with the boy, the, the British boys, but also just, just take a bit of a load off as well. Um, anything else? No, we'll move on to the rosters section then. And in true uh, and completely predictable form, we'll start with the Manchester roster, which, um, as you can imagine, is being discussed by Dave now. Um, it's been discussed by Gref. We'll give him his uh, we'll give him his home a moment and let him uh, let him discuss his. Team. It was being announced by Ander. Okay. <laughs> we'll just do a last minute trade. Uh, so did you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, I got him on the phone. Like, nice pickup. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at our roster so far, I mean, we've still got I guess like two signings left to announce. So I'm possibly already guessing they're probably already in the UK anyway, considering it's next week and quarantine and all that. Well, looking at our roster, we look some pretty good pickups there. Obviously, we got Sir Ben Davis, Karen Long, Ben Lake. It's pretty decent for us. I mean, obviously, played with the GB, I think it was about in Belfast. Craig Peacock. So he's pretty decent. Um, obviously, defence. We've got one of Cardiff's favourite, Josh Batch. Although he can play him as a forward as well, which is something you'd, you'd probably want as a new team, as that offensive forward. And I'd, I'd rather have Gleason Fournier, but I'll take Batch. I guess Carpet chooses. Uh, exactly. And obviously having, like you mentioned with Gospel, surprising he went so low, so we've got him as like a third choice. Yeah. And I'm guessing possibly that Murphy and Bonner are going to be having games, well, games their own, so split in between. That would be pretty good for Murphy, considering he's normally the backup anyway in Belfast. And he's still a pretty decent goaler. Looking at it, I'm quite happy so far with the roster itself. I mean, you got Mr. Glasgow Albrayhead himself, Matt Haywood. 
is pretty decent. And obviously you got your, some of the boys that we had last time. So like your your Fawcett, your Little Witch, Simmons, Horrick. And then obviously the captain, Earhart, that everyone loves on this podcast. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to actually watching watching the Andreas Clubs band as well. From Spellinger. Too bad he's a Liverpool fan, but I guess can't be chooser. Maybe the best player that's done with. Dust. Oh, yeah. Yes, really setting the bar high, aren't you? What do you think of the goalie that you've picked up? Because looking at his stats, I don't think his stats look that impressive. I mean, he's he's actually played with, from what I think, it's going to be a a recruitment from Guinness. Because he played and the same team as him and shared the net with him in 2017-18 and obviously again it came towards the next season and this season it's terrible <laughs> I mean yeah. they probably they do well in the Buffalo net though to be fair but... nobody's done well in the Buffalo net that's part of the problem <laughs> oh no that's, that's kind of like our start in our net <laughs> apart from the season he's actually not done too bad itself. I mean, last season could have been better, but it wasn't too bad. I mean, it's a short season because of COVID and that. And then the season before that was in the East Coast was great, 2.41 average. And then the season before that it's like a 2.69. And it's like, I'm actually happy with it. I'm happy with him to see what he's like for five weeks. Yeah. And then if he comes out and he's actually pulling off some worldly other saves and he's doing some amazing saves as well, keeping us in games like Gin did for the past couple of seasons, I'll be happy with that. But for five five weeks, bye. You've also got two goalies on that list that have proved some capability in the league as well. Obviously, Murphy... Um, a lot more so than gospel, but they've both shown themselves as being able to hold their own in the elite league. I did. I was surprised that you guys didn't get Adam Long though. I was surprised, but then because I thought he was going to be on our protected list, but I'm actually I'm actually alright with it with him not actually being picked, just because mm. maybe he's. I think he might have been on the list. I'm not too sure, but if he's not, then it would be work commitments. But having Murphy on the team, great. I mean, you can say he's played for both Manchester teams now. He's played for Phoenix beforehand. I even thought about that. Although I think some fans in Manchester will not count him as a Storm player, um, given that they still don't particularly like to the Storm. Yeah, there's only one other player that has actually done that. That's Mike Moran. Yeah. Mm. I went to White Paris. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got anything else to add on the Manchester roster? What 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 do we think as to how it's built? Steady roster. Um, good picks in terms of the import players. Uh, you never know with the thinner team. Yeah, he does tend to find some. Diamonds in the rough. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, how they go about because also he's not building a team for the altering of mice, mm. which is what Manchester have done over the last few years. Um, and that's their home ring, that's their advantage. You play to it. They have to do it to an open, bigger, bigger surface. So let's let's look forward and seeing how it goes. I've not even considered that. In fairness, Manchester's like one of those places that really are, they're a big threat to the arena teams because you go into that small barn, like closed in, generally a decent atmosphere, hard nosed team. They throw the hits and stuff like that. It, they play it to their advantage in their home barn. I'd not even thought about the fact that it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish as to how he's recruiting. Why isn't um, really find any like enforcer type players? True. True. That means you might actually have your full roster playing for the whole time without getting suspensions this time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, there's still time. There's still time. Well, You've got Dallas, two slots left, yeah. Dallas is still there, so, you know, he's fair game for a suspension. This is, this is where they bring Jay Rosal back for one of their uh, remaining two roster slots. <laughs> I'll bring in Joey Martin. <laughs> yes, he's available. Oh, no, he... no one's announced him yet, so that could be interesting. This, 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 yeah, Aaron Fox said in the star that he wasn't going to sign him because he knew there was no chance he was ever going to sign for Sheffield in the regular season and I genuinely wanted to cry <laughs> I actually would have, I think it would be better if the GOAT signed for Coventry mm, true. just on the, the outcry from our friends over in Wales that would be worth it Twitter that is very true <laughs> Yeah, the complaints, man, that, man. Man. Brilliant. Um, should we move on to the next team then? What are we? What are, who have we got next? Uh, Coventry, Andy. Okay. Uh, yeah, some pretty good player sound as well. Uh, just trying to find their pages, which is all mixed up. Uh, even on site, my phone's having a bit of a. <laughs> all right, mate. Technology, yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. All right, got him. Um, first one stands out to me uh, is one that was uh, picked in the draft. Ivan Antonov. Uh, you know, this this kid has, has just put a, a leash on the NIHL over the last few years. Uh, the amount of points that he's got, they're absolutely amazing. Uh, last season, uh, played with Bracknell and, and Streatham. He had uh, nine points in Bracknell and 65 in 23 games for Streatham. Uh, before that, you know, he's he's played for, for Basingstoke and he's got 56 points in 29 games. I mean, it just absolutely lightened the league up there and um, I think it's going to be a, a very good addition for, for Coventry. I think he's, he's, he's going to fit right in, totally, and uh, just going to leave where I left off. Uh, Antonov is a dual... National, having been trained in in, uh, in England, but he is of Russian Russian descent, so it's, it's fun to watch him. Uh, second player uh, I picked is Sam Duggan. Uh, had, had a very good couple of years in Cardiff. Uh, not many points, but still very 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 decent, uh, especially for for a guy as well as a limited ice time as well, uh, which seems seen quite a lot. From from Brits, not had much ice time uh, over the last few seasons, so I think it, it was great. It's, it's been good for him to see what he can do on a on a team like Coventry, and 
having come from uh, the Hockey Etan in, in Sweden uh, this year. He's played, 20, he's played 39 games, got 24 points. Uh, so I think that, that'll done, done him like a world of good, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, I think he'll come in flying. So it's my second. And my third is Tristan Keck, uh, who many might not have picked him. Uh, but I picked him because uh, it's going to be his first year playing pro. Uh, last last four years he's played for the University of Nebraska Omaha, and in those uh, last season he had 20, 15 points in twenty three games, uh, and he's done pretty got pretty similar stats throughout the last four years with them. But what's what what stood out for me from him uh, is I think quite a few quite a few people have seen the highlights. The highlight reel that that I put on that commentary put on put on of uh, Tristan and some of the plays that I made were incredible. And uh, if if he can play like that in this in this short series, I think he'll he'll do fantastically. He'll put up the points. He'll make some great plays. Uh, and his plus minus should be pretty good as well. So as a first year pro, I think he's going to do very well. I think he's. It's not his first foray to the UK. I think he's played in the the college tournament in Belfast. Did I see the, the goal yeah. highlights was from either the year, the last edition of the event or the year before? Um, one of the, some really nice skill on show from him. So, but yeah, no, I good picks there. Antonov's been a name that's uh, done the rounds for a bit in terms of to watch. Um, so this it'll be interesting to see how he goes about. Um, yeah, I've got to say one thing before I move on. I think it's great that Andy's done Coventry, given that he's colour coordinated with the headphones and T-shirt being, you know, Coventry covered. <laughs> so I think that's uh, it's superb. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was surprised you put you picked Duggan as one of your picks. I was surprised as to how late on in the draft he went. Yeah. If memory serves, I was when they when they picked Duggan, I was like, how has he only just gone? Yeah, very surprising. Um, definitely, he's going going the first round at least. So uh, yeah, very, very big shot. But uh, you know, even day he's he's been picked, and that's the most important thing. And yeah, no, like I said, I, I think he's going to do pretty well for Coventry. Cardiff being obviously one of the teams that's been up there for the past few years and not really relied on him as as much. So I think Coventry will. Give him a bit more breathing space, a bit more ice time, and I think he'll he'll do absolute wonders for him. There is a player that I thought you would have picked, Nick Jermaine, just because he sounds like the, the Mighty Ducks player instead of Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> Jermaine. <laughs> <He's> Jermaine. <laughs> what do we think to uh, Shane Owen? I, that that I didn't expect to see Shane Owen being announced for them. I heard a couple of rumours that. They brought him because he's either for 2021 or maybe 21-22 was going to be Coventry's goalie. So uh, from what I'm hearing and in different circles, it's uh, kind of a, we'd already had you, so you might as well come over. Um, did a decent job for five, you know, but in fairness, many goalies do well for five for them. Get found a little bit on other teams that don't get face 70 shots a night. So we'll see. Mm. They could have got a lot worse. They could have. It's a step down from CJ Mott, <laughs> though, in my opinion. But when you when you oh. when you, you ex- when that when that goal is playing in the AHL, when there's an injury away from making the yeah. 
yellow tail. Yeah, oh yeah, it was never going to be a case of them being able to sign him, but yeah, I absolutely no, I agree, I agree. Um, anything else to add on Coventry before we move on? No. What about Nottingham then, Dave? I'll throw it over to you for Nottingham. Yeah, um, we've mentioned in the past when we talk about their rosters that their roster setup is all about the name, you know, the razzmatazz that they like to have for their team. Vista obviously can't um, for obvious reasons. There's, in terms of imports, they've they've got a couple, one or two that they've kind of got from from Norway. I think Norway's kind of been a good breeding ground for players to come over to the Elite Series. Um, and I, I was impressed that Andy avoided some of the Norwegians that signed for Coventry because uh, some of their names are not the easiest to pronounce. Um but they've also gone down the college route, the youth sports route, um, and they've got a good mix of of youth experience. You know, Mark Matheson, who we in Sheffield know well. Um, the the standout players for me, uh, I'm going to do the normal. We'll look at the goalies, um, which we've already mentioned, Bounds and Whistle. But I think for me, not only when we talked about them having to manage the games they play, but I think it's good from a national side perspective, that you've now got them working together for a long period of time. So not just, you know, crossing each other when teams are changing to have their time on the ice as such. They're now working for a five-week stint. So that could, that will bode well for them um, when it comes to the to the world champs. And I also like, I think that uh, Will Curling, who was the third goal, he's going to benefit a lot working with, with Bounds and Whistle and help his game develop. When he played a couple of games for Sheffield and stepped in, I I was more than happy with him, um, and you know was never was never disappointed with him. So I think it'll benefit him, and the goal is you know the, the solid which we've already mentioned, and will do well for him. One of the players that I'm kind of looking at the British players out angle, Liam Stanton, Stanton, my apologies, played a few games for Glasgow but mainly plays for Solway, and he's another one of the players who's raved quite a bit up in Scotland. Another one that we mentioned has that opportunity. Um, he looks like the type that could really, you know, grab, grab the opportunity by, by the scruff of his neck and may make a chance for himself to be moved down and, and play for one of the, no disrespect to any of the teams in Scotland, but one of the bigger teams in the Elite League. So I'd be interested to see how he goes with the uh, the series. Um, but like I said, Nottingham's got an interesting mix of youth experience. I, I think they'll do, they'll do all right. They'll, uh, they'll not disappoint. Um, but it will it'll be weird from an, the norm what we are used to seeing how they put their teams together and it's not a criticism of that um, it's a complete different for the obvious reasons so it'll be interesting to see how that goes in terms of a normal Nottingham side Yeah it's, in, it's interesting to see the pool that they've fished in, a lot, fished in a lot because a lot of their players are coming from Norway Um but, you know, it's, it's it's quite funny because all of all of their um, roster announcements and things like that, half their players seem to be wearing those um, gold gold lids on the uh, on the pictures. I'm wondering if they're going to start bringing them over to be wearing them with a the black and gold Panthers jersey. Wow. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Can you not remember? It's, I love it when um, 
when we had the testimonials in Sheffield and things like that, and um, we had like I think it was Stephen Burnstill or somebody like that was playing in one of the European leagues that had the sponsors plastered all over the helmets. Well, yeah. He came over for one of the uh, the testimonials. It was the same thing. Like he like stood out like a sore thumb on the eyes because he just got all these plastered sponsors. We'll see um, the gold helmets when they win uh, either win tournaments or they're the leading goal scorer. Because don't the THL have something similar? Oh yeah, they have the yeah. Well, they have the jersey, don't they? This top goal scorer jersey. I'd not realised that it was. That... Sorry, I was going to say I, I think I saw Fulunda had the gold helmets when they won the uh, league. When they like a massive parade and put had the gold helmets on. Yeah, Sweden definitely. I think Finland do as well when they win the the, the championships. So obviously not the regular season, they do get the gold helmets. As I say, I'm sure I've seen Bachel wear them. Yeah, it's an interesting look. The yeah, the Golden Knights tried it for a bit in Vegas and. Was not a good look. <laughs> was not a good look. Everyone can pull it um, Well, in fairness, I think they initially tried it with the gold jerseys, which was just too much. <laughs> Far too much. Um, we got anything else to add on Nottingham? Or are we going to move forward to the final remaining team? So obviously we'll save the that last... part for later. <laughs> save that part for later. We can't yeah. show bias, mate. We've got to, um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you now. Oh, um, yes, finally. Uh, obviously, the last team that we've got on the list to discuss is Sheffield. Um, so, picked up one of the key players, I think, in the draft for me. I was kind of praying that we were going to pick up Ben Davies as well, but I think it was a no-brainer that for we. I, I don't know. I quite liked our places in the draft. We had the fourth and fifth picks, which I, um, you know, gave us quite a good point early on. We got the first like quite two quick picks, and I was kind of quietly hoping that we were going to get Davies and Myers. Uh, I think Sam Jones had to be one of the players that we picked up there. It would have been a bit of a slap in the face for him if we'd have signed him for last season. Who knows what his, uh, what his status is going into next season, but if we'd have then turned around and gone, actually, now we're going to pick someone else. Um, Goalie-wise, John Muse seems to be an excellent pickup for the Steelers. Um, I would be baffled if he stayed in Orange for a, the next regular season, um, but absolutely cracking signing by the looks. He's played a few games in Wilkes-Barre um, in the AHL, along with uh, a heap of other AHL teams, in fairness. He's played for Charlotte Checkers, uh, Texas Stars, Rochester Americans, Lee Valley Phantoms, and then, as I say, Wilkes-Barre and Scranton Penguins. Uh, one game for Cunland Red Star in the KHL as well, uh, and then played the rest of the season last year in the VHL. Um, and, you know, 92.8% save percentage, 2.53 goals against average in the VHL. It looks to be a good addition. As I say, I would be baffled if he stayed in Sheffield for the next regular season, but that's didn't that. He also, didn't he also play in that Super Series? He did also play in that Super Series, yeah. Um, which I actually realised, and I went to that, I didn't realise it. The only guy that I remember playing in goal in that Super Series was Chris Dreiger who's currently playing in the NHL. So um, <laughs> I think one of the other key signings for, for me, I was kind of happy when we picked up Ben Churchfield. I thought um, if the noise that was made about him when he signed for the season that never went ahead, um, you know, by all accounts, was a good player. Fox said from what it sounded like, he had the potential to be a starting netminder in the elite league. So if he, we can bring him, get him some training with Muse, you know, get him some ice time. If we can do... You know, that looks to be a good addition. Um, 
on the D front, obviously, as I say, we've got, we've got Shem Jones. Um, so we've got Flash Gordon back on the roster, which is always good. Um, Jeremy Beaudry didn't really get a chance to have a great deal of a look at him in fairness because he was signed at the same time as Muse. But one of the guys on that back end that I like the look of a lot is Adrian Setra Danielson. Um, I'm presuming there's a lot of Yorkshiremen out there getting the value for money by getting him on the back of the jerseys to just get the maximum <laughs> amount of typing on the back. Um, <laughs> um, but no, he does. He looks to be a good addition to the team as well. Um, Brendan Connolly was very surprised when we added him to the protectors players list just on the front of I didn't think he would have been coming back. Obviously, it's now been announced that he's been released from his contract in Greenville. Uh, but I thought that was quite a risky signing. Dowdy's obviously coming back as well, which is good. Um, and Matt Myers is just the key player on that roster for me. He's the guy who I'm undoubtedly getting on the back of my jersey. Um, one guy that Fox talked a lot about, what I quite like about the way that Fox seems to have uh, done his recruitment, and I've listened to a lot of the interviews on a lot of the players that he's brought in, and he's very uh, very much emphasising the fact that he wants to be bringing people in who have got the potential to be playing for us next season. That's the reason that he wrote off um, signing Joey Martin was because there was no chance that he was going to come to Sheffield come the next regular season. Now, one guy on that list that doesn't have any apparent potential to come and play for us in the next regular season is Sondre Alden. Um, his stats look very, very impressive. And he played with Fox for two years in Zagreb. Um, and Fox described him as his top player for those two years that he played for them. Um, but a very shrewd move again by Fox, because by all accounts, the reason he's brought him in, Fox has kind of said, you know, never say never, but he's probably not going to sign for us in the next regular season. But he's also probably going to go out into another elite league um, you know, he's going to go into a top draw league and he'll be a guy that can put a good reference in for the Steelers if we're starting to, you know, if we're starting to shop in those leagues, um, you know, getting him on a roster with a few other players that might have the potential. He can talk highly about the club. He can talk the club up. And that's that seems to be quite a, a good tactical move. Uh, but, you know, he's played SHL, um, EBEL, Norway. He looks to be a good player to have brought in. Uh, the last player that I wanted to talk about on the Steelers roster. Um I'm alluded I'm 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 shying away from Liam Kirk because he lit the NIHL Spring Cup. You know, he lit that up. But one guy that also lit the NIHL Spring Cup up is Alex Graham. And he played an absolutely fantastic game in the NIHL. Um he's come forward a lot from what I from what I see from what I saw when I watched um, you know, he's bulked up a lot. He's got that strength to, to, to move forward with the, with the puck. He's got a killer shot now. Put a lot of good goals in, a lot of good slap shots in, shots from the point. Um, we talk a lot about not many youth Brit players being able to break into elite league squads just because of that emphasis of the need to, to win the league. And uh, I, th I think Alex Gray will be the next youth Brit player to be getting a regular spot on an elite league team. He, he, he looked very strong. I know it wasn't the elite league, but there were a lot of elite league players that were playing on those rosters, uh, and he really stood out to me. Um, this is a, a good youth player on the, on the team, Jason Hewitt. Mm. <laughs> I genuinely, and don't get me wrong, I know it's got a lot of people excited about the fact that Hewitt's going to be back in a Steelers year. I genuinely thought that was a bit of a backwards move for us because... A lot of what Fox seemed to be doing was a case of kind of looking at players with the potential to play 
for us next season or whatever. Obviously, it's the reason he wanted Sam Jones. He talked highly about Jack Musel um, in an interview uh, as well. You know, he seems to be liking to look at players to see which players he wanted to pick. Jason Hewitt is never going to play on the GB squad again. And Jason Hewitt is never going to play a full season in the Elite League again. So it just seemed to be a bit of a moot draft to me. But I think it's one of two potential things. I think, A, it's one for the romantics, as in, you know, back in the day when he was in a Steelers shirt. But also, kind of really flipping it on, on its side, maybe a chance for Fox to work with Hewitt, who's still player coach of Hull, and maybe build that relationship uh, there to for future use. Um, yeah. Kind of does look against having the Seal Dogs in, the, in their own backyard, in essence, but if it's having another work relationship with another team, who knows? Um, I was surprised when, when it was picked. Um, but it's, I, think it's, I think, I think in fact, Hewitt playing is just, let's from a, as a, as a fan of the team, just enjoy the fact he's back. Let people remember what he did for many years. Like I say, he's not one of those who's going to be, he's definitely retired from the GB, um, set up. And, you know, it's just, uh, it would have been, it would have been even more funny if uh, Mark Thomas had uh, come out of retirement <laughs> just to really bring the band back together type thing. In, but, in fairness, I'll, I'll say that I don't necessarily, I don't mean it as a criticism to Hewitt, in fairness, in the NIHL Spring Cup, he played very, very well. Um, and he scored some goals and uh, that, that you looked at and thought, yeah, they, they were goals that you... You know, they were moves that you worked on when you were playing in the Elite League. That wasn't an NIHL move that you just pulled off there. And he does still have it. You know, he is still a good player. It just seemed to be the whole focus of this was moving forwards. But in fairness, I'd never looked at that as a building the relationship up with Hull as well as building it up with a steel dog. So in fairness, it might be a bit of a shrewd move there. And also, he can he can help to coach a lot of the young Brits. You know, he's a, he's a seasoned vet when it comes to the Elite League. Yeah, he had played there for a few years, but... You know, I'm sure there's a few tips that he can be given to the uh, to the younger ones. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean that Senar could be talking completely utter rubbish, um, but also he'll still know the players due to his role working as the, the bar rep um, in the UK. So he'll still have the contacts, he'll still know them. So the chance, you know, to work with people and, and all. And I just think oh, this probably is definitely more pros than cons, although it's as bizarre a, a draft pick as it were. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it does in fairness. And as I say, he, he has been playing well. So there is every chance that it could be a very shrewd move by Fox. Um, in, in fairness, I mean, to, to cap off the Steelers roster, it does look to be a strong roster. I am quite happy. And one of the other things that I'm quite happy to see is we've not just fallen into the trap of signing all the old boys, signing all the players that played for us over the last few years. Um, obviously there may have been some that we were interested in that couldn't. I think Marek Tronchinski was a guy that I think reading between the lines we were hoping to get back on the roster um every player for a long period of time had a number confirmed other than Myers and then as soon as we announced that Tron had been kicked out of the Hungarian playoffs his team had been kicked out of the Hungarian playoffs but was still going to play in the Romanian playoffs all of a sudden Matt Myers had a number eight like confirmed so I suspect he was a guy we were looking to but you know John Armstrong He's not coming back. Obviously said that he got a job and it wasn't worth coming for five weeks. But one of the guys that a lot of people wanted to see, a lot of Steelers fans wanted to see on this roster was was Anthony DeLuca. And as much as I'd like to see him play for us in the next regular season, 
I just didn't think there was a slot on that roster. Once we've made the first few signing announcements, I just couldn't see anywhere that he would have slot onto that roster. And I'm quite happy that instead of using this to just give the old boys a bit of a, a session back in Sheffield, we're actually using this as a bit of a recruitment drive for the following year. We're using this to kind of give some guys a trial shift to see if we want to sign them for the main season. And I think that's quite a shrewd move. I like how you sidestepped away from from like saying the Hungarian player's name. I was not even going to attempt that. I went Kosti. All form. Yeah, honestly, wasn't even going to attempt it. So. Been rusty doing podcasts and then there's that, John. Seriously. In, in fairness, wasn't he the um he was the guy that we signed as like our last player to the taxi squad just after the taxi squad was announced as not actually being a proper taxi squad, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did think that it was a very bizarre move in the first instance to uh avoid and just basically just say we don't want one. Because that fox just turned around and said for the last guy in this taxi squad, it's just like nah, we're all right. <laughs> seem a bit of an odd one but I don't really know a lot about him in fairness I kind of presumed as the last guy to the taxi squad that he was kind of a bit of a shot in the dark um, he's put up good points in the USPHL Premier I just don't know anything about the USPHL Premier so we'll see we'll see one interesting uh, fact from that Steelers roster is that Throughout 30-year history of the team now, uh, this season, I never had a never had a Norwegian player, and then two show up at once in Sakra Danielson and Alden. So, there's that oh, here. Interesting. And the season that we had before it cancelled, we had the first Russian. Mm, yeah. We did, yeah. Fairness, who was a guy who I was hoping we'd re-sign, and then he retired instead. But um. Yeah, no, I, I think this is. I think everybody's done a good job on building rosters this year. I think it's going to be interesting. It's, it's. There's no way that we. I mean, we can. We'll, we'll do our predictions as we always do. Um, it will probably go the way that it always does, but we don't really have much foundation to base this off anymore, boys. I mean, like usually we've got the previous players. We've got players from previous seasons. Even the players that we've got from previous seasons. Some of them are mixed in from other teams and things like that. We don't know how these these guys are all going to play. Um, one of the things that was picked up when we signed uh, Tanner Tanner Evelle was with his interview with Pete Spencer. He asked him about the the hit from Matt, the hit on Matt Myers in the Challenge Cup final, and then they had a few uh, a few cross checks and a few words. Uh, and it made me made me laugh because Tanner said, "Oh, you know, it's hockey." It's left out on the ice and you forget about it afterwards. And then he said, I don't know if I can say the same about Connolly, though. Uh, but then again, I don't think anybody who plays against Connolly particularly likes him when they play against him. So is it going to be interesting how certain players, uh, you know, gel together? I think Connolly and Myers have always had a uh, an interesting battle on the ice, it's, uh, you know. But It's going to be a lot of fun. I think the rosters that have been put together, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, mm. And I think the... I think the uh, from a successful percentage point, I think we could do wise just to wait till the, the after the league season because I just don't think you could call any of the games until maybe after the third or fourth round at the earliest because, it, like I say, so many different players, so much different. You know, normally we'd go Manchester to lose three of us, four, the fourth won't, but you can't this time. Um, mm. The same with Coventry, you know, you, you can't even say Sheffield not even guaranteed. It's there's so much varying, and again, I think it adds to the excitement. For the whole series, so I, you 
roll on next weekend. One of the things I'm going to find interesting about, I mean, you, you say about we can draw on like previous previous players and things like that, and like you say, in terms of we can't say Manchester are going to lose that game or whatever, or um, you know Sheffield or Nottingham are going to win that game or whatever way you want to take from it. One of the big things for me is Nottingham think they've got a really really like top draw best signing they could have made in Ben Bounds. One of the things that I've always thought about Bounds is he's a great netminder, he's a great shot stopper. His rebound control hasn't always been the strongest. And what what Cardiff have always done very cleverly is they've always signed a defence that have managed to choke out those rebounds and choke out in their own zone. So they don't give the opportunity to capitalise on that. If Nottingham haven't done that, Ben Bounds might not be as key a player as they expect him to be. And they might fall short of not having an import netminder. In fairness, it'll give him good practice when he potentially plays against the Russians. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the flip side. <laughs> That is the flip side. Um, speaking, of, speaking of Russia, though, I, I was going to say this, Joe. Where, yeah. Are you sure Lemchikov retired and he's not in a similar boat to what Panarin was? You know, for wearing a, the oh, wearing the Putin mask. <laughs> quite, quite possibly. Just bring another political thing into the equation. Well done, Andy. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome. At the risk of um, not wanting to slip into a spitting chicklets trend of slagging off Russia to the point of being on some kind of Russian hit list. Uh, I'm going to leave that one well alone in there. <laughs> well claiming of the fifth there, my friend. <laughs> um, I will ask, because we've just we've discussed rosters. You've just said, I think, that we can't even remotely predict. Um, and we're, we're well, it's a good idea to wait until we've had a few games or whatever. Uh, I am still going to ask you, boys, who are we expecting to win? I have no base of this. So I'm just going to say Sheffield. I have no basis. Um, so I'm just going to. This is going to be yeah, like proper this, home moment in it. Where give, given that we are meant to stay at home still until the, the restrictions change, we're going to stay at home and we're going to call Sheffield. I love the way you dropped the tweet into that. <laughs> stay away from the NIC. Stay at home. Oh, let's not get on that one. Brilliant. I think, a, I think there's a lot of upset fans that they're not going to have access to players. <laughs> Well, we've got Dave's prediction. What, Andy, Gref? I mean, I'd rather be at Bunkers, but, you know, I'll stay at home, make my own bath. Cheaper. But, yeah. Stronger measures. I mean, what are measures? The bottle. You're at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, obviously, I'm going to go home and stay in Manchester. Looking at Andy to see if one of us is actually going to be the ones to not pick their own team. <laughs> it's like the worst game of Russian roulette here. <laughs> um, we could be very shrewd right now. Andy could say Nottingham, I could say Coventry, and then at least one of us will get it right. <laughs> First time in know, the podcast history. Yeah. You see, on paper, I'd say Sheffield, but I'm leaning more towards Nottingham. Just... Ooh. As a chemistry point of view, I think there's a bit more chemistry in that team. Uh, and obviously they've got home comfort, which I think maybe has some advantage, maybe. So Ooh, yeah. I'm with that. Ooh. And you guys give me the title of Panther Joe. <laughs> this is a one-time substitute. So. We, could, we could always change it to Blaze Joe. Joe? Uh, no, we couldn't, because Joe's also going to say Jeff. 
So what we're basically saying is if you're ever going to put any money on this, two of us have said Sheffield, one of us has said Manchester, one of us has said Nottingham. So put a tenner on Coventry. Coventry, and, yeah. Uh, Coventry all the way. You'll be good in. <laughs> I do have to say this, though. We're coming to predictions, and like last time round that we did the podcast, our main like conversations were based on the NHL because we didn't have any foresight of any kind of elite league hockey imminently coming in. And the one prediction that I think historically as a podcast we've unanimously got correct is that Buffalo were going to be terrible this year. Now, it doesn't matter how obvious it was. <laughs> it's got something right. It was right. It takes a pandemic for us to get it right. Joe, I think this is one of the things where you don't mess with tradition. Exactly. And congratulations to the Buffalo for not messing with tradition. Uh, do you know what I've just loved? Can you imagine if they didn't win another game all year now and it carried over to next season? <laughs> 52. Ha, ha, ha. I could genuinely see it happening. Between the end of the capitals of the NHL. <laughs> oh. I know. You've only got one player to blame as well. He's still going on Jack Eichel for being injured. It's totally not. You know, picking up Taylor Hart, Taylor Hall, give you absolutely, absolutely nothing. Taylor Hart. I nearly, I nearly Hart said Taylor. Hart. I nearly on. said. Yeah, I did nearly say Taylor. That's I'd, why he's not doing anything. I, well I hope I'd covered that up. <laughs> Brilliant. We'll move. We'll we'll, we'll we'll swerve back onto uh, onto Elite League. I've got a word written down that was always going to be a very taboo thing, and when it came out, I kind of thought, oh, maybe there's not going to be people complaining, and then there are still people complaining. That word is, of course, pricing. Um. I'm just going to throw it straight out of that. What do we think of the pricing? I think that the packages... So for those who have not seen, um, that there's three different types of packages you can pay to watch the streaming series as, long, as well as the game, if you just want to pick a game. Um, it's definitely aimed at the four teams' fan base, which I'm fine with. Because, you know, they're the ones, it's their teams, you need to try and get them to put up part with the money. That's not a that's not a bad thing. I don't think it's badly priced. I think if people are trying to say, well, I pay forty nine pound and get the NHL app. Well, that's eight, a lie anyway. NHL seventy. I, I know. You know, it, it could be it could be two hundred pound, but the, you know, for all intents and purposes. Mm. But congratulations, you're paying for a product that is with the with the budget that they have. And don't and then the one pe- people trying to say, but you've had the government money, you've had this, so it should be, you know, what were you expecting? Two pound fifty a game. You know, even even as a Yorkshireman, you know, I'm, I know it's not gonna be that cheap. So I, I, for me, it's it's priced very well for fans of the team involved to buy the packages. I think people will complain that it's thirteen pounds too much for a, 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 a training camp per game. Fine, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to buy it. Um, and you know, people will say that's a bad attitude. Well, no, it, that's there the facts. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. You know, let's let's not cry about spilt milk on that one. I, I, for me, you know, I'm still in and on between either getting the team one or the whole ones, just in case you know you want to watch Nottingham, Manchester stuff like that. Um, but I I think as a price for the group games, I have a funny feeling that maybe the semi-finals and final may be on Free Sport or another platform where it's, you'd have to pay for it, which is why it's not included. Mm. Um, I, I think it's okay. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty 
it is pretty reasonable for the four teams that are in it. I mean, £13 for one game. You're paying a lot more than that to watch your stream or even our stream. I mean, at least on our stream, you get to see me. It's worth it for Definitely. See if we can make you yeah. out for the pixelations on the store <laughs> webcast. <laughs> uh, what was the, the one thing that actually just, as you would say, Joe, grind your gears? Or it grinds my gears. It so. was the where they were trying to compare it between the NHL and the Elite League. I was like, I was like, Cardiff went in a tweet again saying Devils are going to compete in that league. Because it's like, you've got the NHL, a multi-billion dollar company, they could give you the game center for free and they'd still make more money than the Elite League would. And you get the Elite League. It's like Real Madrid, Fleetwood Town. It's just not, not even comparable. I've got the 12 game team packs. As much as I'd want to see Mike Hammond playing for Coventry most games, I don't really want to watch Panthers v Steelers several times I'm sure you hate it even during a regular season playing mm. them six, seven, eight times a season it's not really something I want to do I mean if I, if I get bored and you're not like what 5pm then I'll be like right I'll just get a, a game pass it's one after eight pound I'm not too bothered I know for some people though because they're going I can't afford it. I mean, yeah, we're in a, still in a pandemic. People are still on sale and stuff. So I can, yeah, I can see why they can't. And you get some people that will say, I'm not paying that, I'm not paying that. But then, you know, for a fact, some of them are actually going to pay just £13 for at least most of the games. And it's like, well, you're an idiot because you've just wasted money there. You could have mm. saved They'll get to the get to the like hour before the game and they'll be like, I want to watch hockey and they'll do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like you kind of you know I mean the point you make about people being furloughed is, is a great point and you know, if, if people are able to do it and lucky to do it, then that's just you know, look at the draw. Um and I just think I think like what you said, it is people are comparing apples and oranges and you just can't in this case this case in scenario. I think it's all right to be honest with you pricing wise um you know it's cheaper than you'd find it at a normal game each so uh i didn't think they'd have anything like these packages which is a great addition the only thing uh that dave touched on as well is that there's not really a neutral package as, as such so I, th- I think if they introduced something like that that'd been a, a lot better um but the reason why it's so much is you gotta think well yeah the league has had some funding but again some of that is loans and then you've got to think about you know renting the rink every day for the next month you've got to think about all the daily covid tests and, and the equipment for that they've got to they've got to get you've got to think of the equipment as well because players can't just grab grab other, other players equipment it's got to be special you know just for them so 
you know, there's so many variables of, of cost involved, and that's what some people just don't really think. And yes, it is a lot of money. Is it 2.7 million or something they've got? I think, I think it was 2.7 million for English hockey, and 2.3 million was going to the elite league. I think yeah. something like that. Ah, right, yeah, yeah. So 2.3 million. Okay, that yeah, that is quite substantial. But when you put everything together. You know, it's going to be quite a big chunk of that, and you've also got a combination as well, mate. Exactly, hotels, and I'm guessing each team will have a hotel each or something, because I don't need to be able to, you know, be, be risking mixing them. So, it, well, let's say there's a lot. Same with the, the the playoff bubble; they had one hotel and you had a floor. Yeah, yeah, exactly, something like that, or. Yeah, there's, there's just so many things involved like, that you don't really think of. You know, the, that, the things that I mentioned could be not even half of them. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think it is, it is fairly priced overall, to be honest. And uh, yeah, it's good. You're just really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. So to to run off the prices, just because I've got them, like I've managed to find a tweet. It's 24 game pass was 149 pound. That worked out at six pound twenty a game. Uh, Twelve game pass was ninety nine pound eight pound twenty five a game. A uh, six game home team pass, so that was for only the home broadcast of your team, was sixty nine pound, which is quite ironic given the episode that we are on. Um, is uh, eleven pound fifty a game, or as you guys have said, it's thirteen pound per game. Um, I honestly don't think they're bad. I genuinely don't. Every I, I watched. A large proportion of the Steel Dogs NIHL Spring Cup ones. I didn't watch any of the previous cups. Didn't really think it. I I, I thought the Spring Cup was going to be better because at the point of it starting, there was no mention of any kind of elite league coming into play. And I knew that a lot of the Brits were going to be starting to look to just get some ice time. Uh, They were £12 a pop for the NIHL. And don't get me wrong, it was, you know, the quality was good. They were decent games. you know, it's £13. It's £1 more for a single game than the league below. Yes, we've got all this funding, like you guys have already said. It's all going to go to other things. You've got accommodation, rink fees, visas, flights, things like that. One of the big reasons that Tony Smith said that the league couldn't go ahead this year was because teams couldn't afford to be flying out their imports, putting them up in accommodation, getting visas for the league to stop again. Luckily, we got through to March last year before that happened. So realistically, the hit was pretty minimal given that we'd only got a few weeks pre-playoffs. If that happened in, say, October, and then we had all the players over here with everything paid for, for a month of hockey, that's a massive hit to each team. And yes, there might be certain teams in the league that can afford it, but there may also be other teams in the league that can't. So we don't know what that money's gone towards. It's irrelevant. Like, we, what did we expect them to say that every game was going to be free, or that every game was going to be two quid? Like, it was always going to be a double-figure number for a single game. So the fact that we can get a pass that makes it eight pound twenty-five a game for all of your team's games, to me, is fantastic. Um, the neutral side of things. One of the main comments. I'm kind of ignoring the people that just kind of said the pricing doesn't uh, doesn't appeal to neutrals. I understand that. But at the same time, it was never going to do. You know, if you want to watch a hockey game for the sake of watching a British hockey game and you don't care that your team isn't involved, you'll be happy to pay 13 quid. If you're not, you probably weren't going to bother anyway, let's be honest. Um, 
one of the things that I've heard a lot of people saying is they'd have rather been able to have like a 12 game pass where you could pick the games because obviously right now you've got to pick your team but I think logistically that would have just thrown too many extra things for them to sort out for that to be viable um the furlough side of things people not being able to afford it and I mean this is no disrespect to people that are in that situation it's been a very very difficult 12 months and I you know we know people that haven't worked for pretty much that 12-month period because of being on furlough and it's difficult and nobody's saying that but you can't run something like this off the basis of what if people can't afford it it's the same as the raffles oh we're raffling off all these shirts what about the people that can't afford it but what you're saying that everything has to be done on the basis that some people can't afford it it's never going to work like that this league needs some revenue coming in we can't just go oh yeah but what about the people that can't afford it unfortunately and it is unfortunate it doesn't mean they're any less of a fan if that's how we're going to brandish it for them not paying for it because they can't afford it. But it's just not a viable thing to be taken into account. And it's the same. I'm seeing a lot of Steelers fans that start kind of saying that now. Some Steelers fans are saying they want thanks for them not asking for their season ticket money back when the, when the league was cancelled this year. And then other people going back and saying, yeah, but people who asked for their money back might have needed that money because they couldn't afford it. That's completely understandable. But why does that mean that the club can't acknowledge their thanks for the people that actually were in a position to do that? They're not going to be turning around and saying, OK, thanks to everybody who kept the season ticket money with us, everybody that didn't, we now officially hate you. They're just going to be saying, look, we appreciate the people that were in the financial position to make that decision. It's, it's, and it's, it's, it's all thing. down to the individual ability or not. And it's, you know, yeah. the, the 12 months, like you mentioned, it's been horrific. Yeah. You know, so if you're able to, then that's great, fantastic. If not... It's fine. It, yeah. It's like I say, it, if if people go down this better fan or not, then that's just trash. You yeah. know, to, to to coin a phrase that's on social media, put it in the bin. Because you know what, there is no better fan. There's no tier one fan and tier two fan. It's tier one fan, and that's everybody. Yeah. If you're able to do it, great. If you're not, great. That's fine. You're not going to be looked at worse. Yeah. It's just that, you know whatever your circumstances. The main thing is you're still around. You're still able to support your team. Whatever team it is, it's not the four teams in the series. It's the Scottish teams, it's Belfast, Cardiff, or even the NIHL team. Doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not been able to afford it, but you're still around to support them, when it gets back to everything being some form of normality, fantastic. And that's yeah. the main thing. So, I just hope people don't go down that line of we're better fans because we could do it, or we're better fans because we. Oh fought. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Finding the stand type thing. No, forget it. It's it's. Like, I think it's, it's definitely packages and, and price to. A, because obviously some of the funding that they've got is in loans, so they need to get the money in to be able to pay it back. So yeah. let's, you know, let's not mess around with that one. And without knowing the 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 interest that's been charged by the government, because no, that's not information that's in the public domain. Although some people would expect that, they've got to do what they have to do. And I feel that the packages are, in price comparison, the decent. Yeah. Uh, and if you're able to, great. If not, social media will provide you the scores free. And that's not a criticism. It's whatever position you are in. If you're not able to, that's it's not a bad thing, and you're not going to be looked at worse. That's the thing. It put it being a good price for people who can afford it isn't done at any disrespect to people who can't afford it. But you can't start running businesses or leagues or anything off of what if people can't afford it. It doesn't work like that. You know, I was I I'll hold my hands up. I fully expected this to be more. I, I fully expected this to cost more. I think me, me and Griff were talking uh, as an off-cut conversation. We were expecting 
sort of fifth, maybe you know, fifteen, sixteen quid a game. Yeah. So for the one-off games, it's. I, I, I was talking to a mate at work, and he doesn't follow hockey. He has zero idea about. He's never. I don't think he's ever been to a game. And I actually said to him, I said, "Oh, cracking night of uh, entertainment lined up. I'll, I'll have Twitter sat there, and I'll just be flicking through all the comments of people complaining that the prices are too much." And I went up to him half an hour after this was put out and said. Don't think that flicking through Twitter is going to be as entertaining now because the prices were actually really good. Um, you know, it, it it just surprises me that they've come under such heavy criticism. We've had 12 months of everybody, everybody under the sun going, oh, we want British hockey back. And now British hockey's come back and for some it's still at too high a price. It's just a bit, I don't know. Um, what do we think to the way they've done it home and away wise? Um you know, eight camera angles and everything like that, but it's the home team or the commentators that you will be getting. So it's almost as if it's being run by the home team. I like that. Makes that homely feel in a neutral venue. Mm. I like it. Rumour has it they're going to have people changing the dashboard sponsorships for every game <laughs> just to... Uh... <laughs> You're in 90 minutes. Mm. You're on the clock. Yeah. Now, I have to say there's one thing that I said when we're talking about pricing there is one thing that surprised me about this is that they haven't had a sponsor for the series you know like they, like Free Sports slash Premier sponsored the playoffs It's and, and that very well may be the case that that's what they do for you know the playoff set up in this, in this tournament but I'm very surprised they've not gone down the route of trying to get a sponsor for the Elite Series Maybe the circumstances with every company's in may not be able to do it. To yeah, work. true. Who knows? For, for five weeks as well. Maybe if you've just not seen it as 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 worth it. Yeah, it's a viable option. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Um, have we got anything else to add on pricing, or are we good to move forward? Well spent. This one, uh, this one will be fun. Um, PR is a uh, is a wonderful topic to uh, to cover. Um, when it comes to British hockey, as uh, as three quarters of the uh, of the podcast are made up of Steelers fans, we are often, um, you know, we know firsthand what it's like to be on the back end of the brunt of of the PR criticism, uh, and there's been a fair share of it already in the last couple of weeks. So um, I've written this down just as PR overall, boys. So who, who wants to start us off? Where we where we starting on this one? Let's light the blue torch paper. Or in Nottingham's case, hold my bear. Um, so it kind of it kind of come to a head when they announced that uh, Kieran Brown wasn't able to commit to the series, um, and they replaced him with Bobby Chamberlain, which is fine. They announced that. It's then they went on to kind of go into a little bit too much. You know, it's you know he's cost them X, Y, and Z equipment and all this and that and the other. Now I appreciate that that is you know a legitimate thing for a club to be to grumble about um without knowing the circumstances of kieran brown unable to commit to the series things may have changed who knows um what it just highlights though for me is as, and as much as the article a it's not a lie and it will probably have peeved off kieran for about five minutes and then he'll just gone on with his daily life it just shows what we have in the UK, um, and and there are some teams who try and play the holder than thou approach to teams PR being, in their perception, not the best. Um, but we have kind of a lot of 
you do what you do you get you get what you get all the time it's kind of the we don't change and also one thing i think pr in the game in, in this country we're stuck in a, in a an old bygone era everything moves on attitudes move on practices move on and you can have people who are you know 20 30 years of, of pr media experience but if their go-to and how they deliver PR is stuck in an era which has moved on, then it's always going to be kind of you're going to get this this as much as it's factual, just style is you know it's not a good look. You know, tell the guy, tell Kieran Brown, Nottingham that you you peeved off that you've cost him X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm sure there'll be fans that will be pre- prepared to get a go for me page on the go. Fine, not a problem with that. Sometimes, you know, sometimes keep keep your dirty clothing not in the public domain. And I just feel that we have this too much. Um, and I just think it's, you know, the same people doing the same thing, and we always got the same results. And it's that highlighted it with the whole Kieran Brown thing. But I'll I'll say there's another point that kind of then spins it on its head is when you look at the because everyone again compares to the NHL and their PRs. It's very sanitised. It's very bland. And there's no character to, to avoid any criticisms. So as much as what I've said, then I stand by that point in terms of, you know, we have, RPR is, is stuck in a bit of a bag of air, is what would you rather have? Would you have the PR that has character or would you have the PR that gives information? That's it. I guess a mixture of both isn't isn't too much to ask at times, but if anything, it's got to be the information, surely. I mean, you want the character. Look at you look at some NHL teams in terms of their their PR, and I mean, one that comes to mind straight away to me is Vegas because the way that they run their Twitter is it's got that character, but it's also very shrewd in how they deliver that information as well. So it is a bit of it's drawing that line, it's walking down that line in in a very calculated way. Yeah, like like you mentioned with Vegas, like last night one of their tweets actually made me laugh quite a bit because weren't they playing Colorado last night? They were, yeah. And they tweeted one nil Nordiques. I like that is brilliant. Because yeah, yeah, Colorado were wearing the the throw throwback to the Nordiques jerseys, yeah. Oh, I so want one of those jerseys. Sorry. Brilliant, and it's just. What I also, apart from obviously the saying, oh yeah, we're actually annoyed and it cost us money because we've bought your equipment as such. But another one that we didn't really need to know was that he's actually done this by text. Like, well, we didn't really need to know that he's done it by text. I mean, it's not like he's dumping a girl or something by text. we don't really need to know that. It's not for public domain. So why are you telling us? Mm. I mean, that one, it was... I mean, for you guys, I bet that was music to your ears. You're like, wait a minute. Is there been a PR blunder? It's not... Sims has not actually been involved. What's actually happened? It's actually one of the first times that the Steelers tweets have made me laugh because I, t- I retweeted it and I put something along the lines of, isn't it great being a Steelers hockey fan and not being the ones on the PR naughty list. And the Steelers tweeted back with a gift that just said, not us. And I was like, yeah, like quality. 
They went down the line of full character assassination. That was the thing. It was yeah. That, that the point for me. I'm sorry. I, the point for me is. Do you know like this? This reminds me of when Pete Russell left Glasgow, but on a completely like blown up scale. When Pete Russell left, they put out the the, the post that said something along the lines of. Um, you know, we're disappointed because we'd 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 put a lot of confidence in Russell. We got him on a two or three year contract or whatever, and then he's gone to another team. You know, but they still went down that kind of we wish him well route and things like that. That was knowing exactly what happened. And at that point, my kind of comments about that was I don't actually mind that Glasgow have kind of aired their kind of disappointment that they're losing Russell. But the bottom line of it was he was going to a team in a, in Europe. Fair enough. Like, do you know what? There's nothing wrong with Nottingham just showing a little bit of disappointment. There's nothing wrong if they just said, we're disappointed to hear about this, but we wish Kieran all the best. Like, I don't, there's not a problem with just saying that you're disappointed. Because at the bottom line is, he was a player that they wanted playing for them. They drafted him a lot higher than I expected him to go. And, you know, they want, they they hoped that he was going to play for them. So the disappointment actually comes initially from a place of, you know, we were kind of looking forward to having him play for us. They went down the route of even saying, if not, it's not. It was something along that. I'm paraphrasing this heavily, but it was something along the lines of, it's not as if Kieran Brown not being on the roster will cause a ripple, as if to say like, well, he wasn't going to score as a million goals, so it's not like that's going to make a difference. We've just bought him all his kit, so we're a bit miffed. Like, <laughs> it, honestly, they were just some of the buzzwords in that, and also the 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 coaching staff have ex- expressed their extreme irritate. It was something like extreme irritation and disappointment. What was the need to add the irritation in there? Just put the disappointment. If you if you're annoyed, that's fine. Just don't let everybody know. We did a PR yesterday for Barmer saying he, he was unavailable now. Like mm. that's a week before it. If anything, that's probably something we should do. But like, no, we've just gone. No, he's not been able to come up to this game now. So we've got this player now instead. Well, you see, to me, it's exactly like Tuka Rask in the playoff bubble last year. When Tuka Rask, midway through playoffs last year, just decided that he was going to leave the playoff bubble. And the fans, or certain fans, absolutely slaughtered him for it. And there was no knowledge of the reason. And I think the reason came out later on that it was something something to do with his wife or his kid or someone that was, was, was ill. Yeah, I think it was, his kids was ill or one of his yeah. kids was like you, you can't jump to the conclusion, and and you would kind of expect that Nottingham know the reason that Kieran Brown isn't going to be playing for them, and that's the reason that they're expressing that that irritation. But as not knowing, as a not knowing party, as there is reasons, you know, Boston released the statement that Tuka was leaving him, and it was pretty much just a case of Tuka's leaving the bubble for family reasons or for personal reasons. We wish him all the best. Why not just leave it at that? Why not just do something similar? Kieran Brown's. I confirmed to us he's not going to be playing in the Elite Series. We're disappointed as we were looking forward to having him, but we wish him the best. Leave it at that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm conscious I've not we've not let Andy talk yet, so. No, no, please, fine, he's fine. <laughs> um, no, you're just speaking. Well, I'm not surprised. Um, Andy, you're on mute, mate. You're on mute. <laughs> oh, hang on. Hi, <laughs> right, Dennis Stewart. Chuff it out. <laughs> All I can say on the Nottingham PR front is, would you like some vinegar with your salt? Um, just ridiculous. And, you know, we are going back to this whole 
social media run by the old boys club, you know, and it's, it's, it's just not how it should be anymore. It, the league needs to move in a different direction. I think the best thing from a Steelers perspective is when we brought Alex Briggs in because he brought such a fresh fresh attitude and approach to things in, in terms of social media. It wasn't this, you know, the guy who, who just wants to have a go at fans and players. I mean, we've all heard the, this, the um, Liam Stewart incident, uh, which did not need to be heard at all. And it's, it's just this massive unprofessionalism that needs to massively change. And like like Greff said, you know, um, with all Declan Barmer thing, that was on yesterday with a week to go. And Manchester's PR was certainly nothing like Nottingham's, even with advancement of, of letting them know. And even by text, you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing this year because, you know, everything's changed. You can't meet up, meet up in person or have a meeting in person anymore like that we used to be able to do. You know, it might have a job where you're having to be on phones all day, something like that. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter in the year that we've had. It doesn't matter how it's done. You know, as long as he's giving you some notice on it, that's the most important thing. And again, these social PR people think they have all this authority when, in fact, they have no authority, no authority at all. Uh, and, you know, they need to read read between the lines. They need to read them and they need to understand them. I know you were referring to that Zoom call again with that, but all I could think when you were saying about the authority was Cartman on uh, <laughs> South Park. Would you respect my authority? <laughs> have we got anything else to add on Nottingham? Because we have got a few other PR things to discuss, and I think it probably moves it into a bit of a lighter section of PR because this, I, I think this was just... It was just poor from top to bottom. And what made it worse was they just tried to paper over the cracks by editing the... They didn't acknowledge that they'd screwed up. They literally just tried to edit the list, edit the the article, and that was it. And even the edit of the article wasn't great. It was just a a gong show from start to finish. Um, Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. We'll uh, we'll move on to the other parts of PR then. We'll move on to uh, Sheffield, as we always talk about Sheffield in terms of PR. Uh, but this one, in fairness, was a bit more of an amusing one. Uh, the fact that we moved back to the good old traditional set your alarms for 6am um, that we've had the constant conversation of before, uh, which was completely nullified by the fact that then the Sheffield star for about an hour on the Thursday for the announcements on the Friday, you decided to release the two players. Um, somebody obviously hadn't scheduled the article release properly. That's the fail. Yeah, I'm not sure. Without knowing who runs their website, I'm not sure it was him. There'll be someone that will set up all the stuff and, and time them to go out at a certain point. But I loved how a particular group on Facebook, other social media groups where fans can get together are available, uh, straight away, and the normal people <laughs> who like to berate the person who works in the media, straight, oh, you've done your job wrong, and I'm like, I'm not even sure it was him who, who uploaded it. Now, it may be the case that he uploads it. I know every journalist uploads it for a certain time, and then, you know, may have got it wrong. Human error is allowed. Everybody who critiques Westerdale and Sheffield's example, they all made mistakes in their jobs. No one's perfect. Mm. I just thought it was it was just this, it was oh it, it kind of re- comes back to a time when Paul Thompson gets a new job and it's a certain group just jump on it straight away like piranhas to 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 meet 
I straight away, bang, let's talk about old stuff and all, and it's just kind of old trotted out stuff where it's like you be, you're becoming as bad as what the stuff you're complaining about. I, it was funny because we kind of had yeah. alarm set six o'clock. Although I loved it with the week, said now we're actually going to you know well, you can do it at twelve o'clock. You're going to do it at two o'clock. And I was like, this is this is not right. This is not fair. This is not Sheffield. So let's not have that. Um, yeah, it, 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 we've said it a few times. And all four said it. It's the little things that kind of knows we're back. Mm-hmm. Oh, set your alarm for six o'clock. <laughs> no. If that didn't make anybody actually like quietly smile and go, oh, no, I've missed not seeing that. <laughs> in fairness, it could have easily been. I mean, there were two things that went on in my head. The first thing was, it, I'd love for us next season to do something similar. Oh, we're announcing two players at 6am on Friday. And then it's like 12pm on the Thursday, we announce two players via the star. And then we troll everybody by announcing two different players on the Friday. And we've just made up the articles. So get everybody back on this bandwagon of, oh, somebody's not done the job properly. That's screwed up. And then just going, ah, oh, no, they're not coming back, actually. We've signed these two instead. Um, but the other thing is, it could have actually been quite a calculated move. We're still talking about this now. If they'd have just announced two players at 6am on that Friday, it would have been, okay, we've signed those two players, job done. Like, it created a splash in a time when all the teams were kind of rapidly announcing players all of a sudden the, the Steelers players that were announced stun out because someone was criticised for not doing the job that's, it. that's definitely one way to look at it um, I, imagine, I wonder if they actually they said it for like a, a time of obviously like 6am on the Friday, but they actually put it in a different time zone. Mm. So it could have been why. It's like, yeah, you messed up that one because you're on holiday when you shouldn't be. Well, they <laughs> took it like it looked like Australia, New Zealand time zones. Maybe they just meant to scroll down the page and instead they got their mouse hovering over the little click box and they accidentally scrolled down the list of time zones instead. <laughs> instead of London, they clicked on Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> Easy mistake. Oh, but it, no, oh, London, London, Ontario. Mistakes happen. <laughs> it's it's not to be hung, drawn, and quoted. Just mistakes happen. I don't even think it's not as if it was like a horrific thing. Like it's caused some like detrimental issue with the club. Like so the signings were announced twelve hours early. Oh dear! Like genuinely, just thought it was funny. Have an early weekend present. We'll give you the information early. And I got my alarm set for six o'clock already for those signings. I got to turn it on. That's a lie. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> people so do realise still that signings will be the same at whatever time you wake up, don't they? Because I really can't see why people would wake up at six o'clock to see a signing. Unless they work, work at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who <laughs> knows? Um, we got anything else on PR? Uh, they were the main two that I got in my head for the PR. No. Sound. Um, Dave, you alluded to a, a certain ex-member of the uh, of Steelers personnel uh, and that certain player of the uh, ex-Steelers personnel being slated or brought up in conversation every time he signs for a new team. And that's exactly what we're going to do, but we're going to do it on a positive front. Uh, Paul Thompson has signed for the Odense Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, out of the blue but is 
shown that he has the teeth to go back into Europe again. Another team that's not at the top end of that league, but the bottom end and working themselves up, um, which seems to be what he's done in his European uh, jobs. And, you know, good luck to him. Um, you know, he's for, for, for all his fault for one bad season in Sheffield or three months, three, four months of bad hockey. And people will say it was four years and it was all terrible, but it weren't. It was three or four months. The guy at least one playoff and one league in those four years. Yeah. And, you know, the guy has been in the DEL for a a fair amount of time. Um, Sweden, Denmark, going back to Denmark. He's coached the national side. In fact, memory says he was the coach where they was 12 minutes away from going to the, the top level world championships. Um, and actually started the ball rolling of the, the renaissance of the national side where it was actually mm-hmm. more thought of, which has been taken on now with the current setup and, and everything. Um, he knows his hockey, you know. He, he probably, without sounding too grim, he probably, you know, loses more information in certain ways than we all, all four of us know. <laughs> I'll say it in that context. And teams won't take him on if he's bad. Teams won't take him on if he's poor. If he's this rubbish person that doesn't know what he's doing. They don't take, you know, teams in these leagues don't take coaches that are shoddy. They don't take overseas coaches that are shoddy. Never mind coaches. So good luck to him. And I, you know, I, you know, I hope it uh, gets the interest in the blood going again. And, he, and he's another British success story in Europe. Looks like he's going to be well, obviously because Odin's finished bottom of their league. I know they had Hammond for a few games in there before he, he moved on to another Danish team. They've got Lucas Lundvold played for Dundee. Uh, they had that MK and Nottingham player. I'm not even pronouncing his name for Latvian. Oh, yeah. Uh, George's Golovkos. There you go. <laughs> I'm making up for not doing the, Hung- the Hungarian. <laughs> and then obviously they got Sebastian Ehlers on there. Nikolai Ehlers, I think he's his brother or something. And it's, they've actually got some pretty decent players on there. And then obviously he's got the whole from now until when their season starts again to recruit players. But He's going to be, he's proved he is a decent coach. I mean, like you said, Dave, you don't get jobs in like the DEL if you're a shoddy coach. You really don't. It's just people being silly, (laughs) to put it in perspective. They're just not even looking rightly, not even reading things properly. They're just thinking, no, we, he, did, he was poor for those four months in Sheffield. I'm going to throw him under the bus for every single time. He's, that's just stupid. <laughs> he's, he's done a great job with Unplanned in the uh, Italian League this season. You know, uh, I think four or five months ago, they were seventh or something. And, and now they're 
he he literally just brought him back to win the to win that league. So he's, he's done a great job there, and it shows like if he's going to a team like Old Dynasty in a similar situation, they found themselves at the bottom of of the league this season. You know, they've got a rebuild and uh, build strong for next season, and I think he will do the same as what he did with with Unterland. And you know, we Paul's done a great job in in, in terms of salvaging teams and uh, and give them at least at least an opportunity. Uh, you know, to, to bring them back from the uh, chance of relegation or or to not like the playoffs, so he's he's done well in that respect. And I think it was quite unlucky with with Schwenninger. Uh, I don't think he had you know, the the players that were just able to you know to put that team higher in the league. But in in terms of what he's achieved, you know, internationally is is fantastic. And like you've all said, he wouldn't get the shot if uh, if these GMs didn't didn't think he, had, he would bring this so yeah the experience that he has is, is fantastic and uh, again I, I've got every confidence and belief in him that he can achieve with a dance what he has done with Unterland and again the the IHL isn't isn't the most known or one of the best leagues in in Europe no mind the world so you know I, I think having an experience in a league like that will do his confidence the world are good and uh made him believe that, you know, he, he can do this for another team who, who's in need. And I think he is one of those coaches that, you know, he's he, he's not always going to bring you the the glory side of it, but is at least going to give your team a chance to make the playoffs or to be higher than they currently are. So, again, that's what I think he does well. And he, <laughs> it's the same for all coaches. Even look at Mourinho now, you know, he, he went from a team like Chelsea, winning the league with them, and now, now as we're taught them, you know, they're, they're doing pretty bad, but as a coach, that's business. You're always going to have that in, in your coaching career. It's, it's not always going to be, you know, championship after championship, things like that. You're going to have your bad seasons and your good seasons. It's the same in any sport. So, you know, people need to realise that you're not always going to be perfect for every every second of your life you're going to make mistakes you're going to do things a bit wrong you're going to get recruitment wrong or not make not make the best tactics but you know at the end of the day you want to give that team a chance of being better than they currently are and I think Paul Thompson is definitely the right man to take over his uh, this role in in, in our tents. Yeah, it's uh, you know what it's always a great look for British hockey when a British coach can go over into Europe as you guys have said and 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 coach teams over there. There's only a handful of of coaches that have done it, and Paul Thompson's done it consistently. And it it just it baffles me that people just want to focus, like you said, whether you want to consider it as four years or four months of bad hockey in Sheffield. Don't get me wrong, you know, there was probably a 12-month stretch where the hockey wasn't the most entertaining to watch, but, you know, he brought us a league, he brought us a, a, a playoff. You can blame the fact that that team wasn't signed by him as much as you want. You know, he's still got to coach that team to a win. That's the bottom line. You know, you look at the NHL, does that make the, the um, you know, if Islanders go and win the Stanley Cup this year, does that mean it's not Barry Trotz's Islanders team that have won? Because he's the coach and it's the GM that's done the recruitment. It does. It, it's they've still got to coach the team. They've still got to dictate the tactics. They've still got to select the lines. They've still got to pick the right players to play. You know, it doesn't matter. Yes, okay. When he picked his own team, it didn't necessarily go the right way. But we ended up with some players that we expect to be much better than they were. 
And even when we got rid of those players, the the blame then went on Paul Thompson for throwing them under the bus rather than actually looking at the fact that half the fan base were complaining about those players for half the time and wanted to get rid. Um, but it's a great achievement. And I think one of the other things that we we don't necessarily talk about a lot, but the, the manner in which he left Sheffield, he was like essentially forced out of the club by a select majority or minority, however you want to phrase it, of the fan base, who decided to take to Twitter, Facebook and social media channels and forums to air their irritations about him to the point where he felt like he had to leave. It would have been so easy for him to leave Sheffield and disappear off the radar completely, not go into coaching again or go into coaching a a lower level British team or something like that. Instead, he's still going out there and still proving himself as one of the only British coaches that can go out and coach in, in Europe. And in fairness, slate him off as much as you want for what happened in Sheffield. It's a bloody good achievement that he's done that. And it's a, there's a like I say, there's a, there's a handful that's done it. Certainly none of the people who, who was involved in that tirade. And in fairness, none of you know any of us here, none of us can say we have that achievement. None of us can say that we've been able to coach in, in in higher levels or work in our fields of work in higher levels of companies. So I think this is one where you wish him well and just appreciate what he's actually doing and yeah. hitting the levels that he, you know, he's gone down to Italy too to get work. So he's going out of his way to, to get his credentials back and it looks like it's slowly getting back to how he wants it to be so yeah all the best to him and i hope he text you know gets the uh, national championship takes him to the chl be good to see yeah absolutely would absolutely would have we got anything else to add on paul thompson or are we good to leave it at that right i've i've only got one more thing written down gents and it's a thing i never thought i'd have written down on the podcast agenda which is suez canal um so I believe I'm throwing this one over to Andy, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was, it was a good metaphor uh, because obviously we know about this massive container ship stuck in the middle of a canal blocking all the trade uh, throughout the world. And I think it's a good metaphor because I think we've all heard about this European third wave and the possibility of maybe impacting on the World Championships. Obviously, you've got uh, countries all, all over the world coming to a European country. So it I think it'd be interesting to see uh, whether that does go ahead or not with current things going how they are. Uh, just want to reach out to you guys, uh, see what you thought. I know that, I know that the Swiss League has, there's going to be some games that they were able to play to a deadline before their postseason. Um, and, you know, you read them differently. The Swedish, the Finnish, they have games that have cancelled or moved fixtures around. But it is something that they've had the impact this season. I I don't think you'll see any fans in the World Championships um, at all. I know they've said in their their press release that there could be a chance. I just don't think they will. Um, it'll be more interesting how they actually handle um, a World Championships with, with all the teams and in a bubble environment, which Gref member says, right, it is a bubble environment that they're aiming for. And only... Yeah, so the press was going in about... So if if the third wave does come along, I know Latvia have had um, 
not so great stats in terms of their infections and and death rates. Um, So it'll be, you know, wait and see. Um, I think if it hits it hard, I think it will probably have an impact on um, the the World Championships. Uh, I hope it doesn't. I hope they can get the whole tournament done and no no one added on to COVID lists, etc., etc., and just to play the tournament on. Um, it's it's been a long sort of 12, 15 months since when it should have been the tournament in Switzerland. Um, and I think it's in, in one respect, as much as the virus everything is a lot bigger than, than anything in sport, it would be good to get the World Championships, the top level, back up and running as kind of a return to, like you mentioned a couple of times, Andy, a return to some form of normality. And then all being well 2022 in Finland, it's full normality. Um, so I think it's very much a who knows. I, I If it hits hard, the only thing that it will potentially, sorry, is now you're getting the vaccines out to to most people in Europe. And I think, I don't think there's many countries in Europe that hasn't had the vaccine so it could have a, a slower impact the third wave but you know with, with, with there's four hockey fans discussing stuff about science i don't think any of us really know about uh in that uh, sphere of, of conversation but i i hope it doesn't impact it i think it's, it's a valid point um and how the double ihf can do it they did it successfully the juniors um over christmas germany so, disagree well yeah um <laughs> But you know, it, it's kind of a it's it's a wait and see. But I think, I think you know you could have a plan going forward, and then the next day it changes. And you know, we've seen it in this country where things have gone on a path of this is what's going to happen. It's changed and everything. And I think you know when we get to the end of the tournament, and if it's happened. I think that's the only time you can really stick your hand on heart go, that's when I can confidently say that we've done it. Because even when you're midway through, things could change it completely and, you know, have to halt it. Like the, the women's uh, league, the, the NWHL, they was in uh, Lake Placid and they had to halt theirs. And that was a couple of months ago. But now they're just playing the playoffs. So it's a lot of stuff in the air, a lot of spinning plates. That's the thing, in it? I mean, we all knew that it was going to be a taboo event. No matter what point in the last 12 months of that timeline you, you put it, it was always going to be a difficult event because of the number of nations. And we're not just talking European nations or, you know, close nations. You, you throw in USA, you throw in Canada in the mix. We always knew it was going to be a taboo thing. We always knew that there was a chance that it might not go ahead. And in fairness, I don't think, I don't know if you guys are thinking any differently, but right now with the way things are looking, I don't think it's any less likely than it is more likely to go ahead. I think it's just a case of right now it's just up in the air. I wouldn't necessarily say that there are signs to say it will or won't happen. I think it's a case of right now we honestly don't know. And that's the <laughs> sums up the issue over the last 12 months, really, doesn't it? The reason that we're still in this same position, we honestly, I think, when we did that last podcast before lockdown, I think we honest, none of us would have believed that we were going to end up in the point where we'd not seen British hockey in 12 months. We all thought that it would have been back a lot quicker than it has been. And it's, it's exactly the same scenario, just because the signs mean that things might start to be looking up onto, in terms of lockdown restrictions in our country. It's a different kettle of fish once it's overseas. 
I think me and Dave have had this conversation before. I, I, for the World Championships itself, I can't really see them like, even though yeah, with the third wave apparently impending, I can't really see them not having some form of event, mm. just because it, it, they would have used their insurance for Switzerland last year. Can they really use it again? Considering at least this time they haven't got any ticket money to say, oh yeah, we need to give this out. Yeah. That's why we're claiming it back because there's no fans there. <laughs> the only thing they'll have is the sponsorships where it's like, sure they can go, can we keep this? You can have it next year. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be the wisest thing to just carry it over for a year or so, if that was to be the scenario that they had ended up in. Yeah, hundred percent. I just, you know, I hope that it does. I hope that it that it that it can go ahead, even if that's with a big asterisk on it that it can't go ahead as as planned. Like you say, in fairness, they're going to do everything they can to get some form of event moving forward. If that means that certain teams can't ice, or if that means that certain players can't ice, um, you know, my biggest question marks put over Canada at the moment because a lot of the, a lot of their borders are short. It's the reason that the divisions in the NHL have been so restricted on having a Canadian division because the Canadian American borders shut. You know, how easy is it going to be for Canadians to send a team out over into Europe when there's a third wave? If they're being, you know thinking ahead and starting to think about shutting the borders to the US to stop the spread from coming in. Are they, are they going to be happy sending a team out there? It, it might be a team-by-team team decision, but I, in fairness, I, I, I can't imagine the whole event not going ahead, particularly with the proximity when it, when it comes to Europe. But it's just, it's just a wait and see, isn't it? That's, that's all we can do at this moment in time. It's still... when when what, What's the date that it's supposed to go ahead? It's May, isn't it? Mm, uh, Mid-May. Anything could change, anything can happen at that point. You know, in fairness, it wouldn't really wouldn't surprise me nowadays if this time next week we were being told that the Elite Series wasn't going ahead because of some COVID restriction. We don't know what's going to happen. So you've just got to, I guess you've got to stay optimistic on it, aren't you, really? That's the main way of looking at it. Yeah, totally right. It's got, no one knows what's going to happen. Uh, it, it's just a thought of, you know, like I was saying, because it is in Europe, it's it's all the European nations, you know, which is about, about nine or ten of them in, in total, because you've got obviously you've got USA, you've got Canada. Uh, I don't know if I missed off that list, but no, um, that's it from that's not European in the top level. Yeah, but with having the rest being from Europe, though, it's obviously a lot of countries going to one, and then that chance of me picking someone up in that when you were in that country and then taking it, taking it back with you. It's always at risk, isn't it? And uh, it's, it's whether they want to take that risk or not. So, again, we just don't know. Absolutely. But, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. The, only, the only guarantee is is that Great Britain will once again not get relegated and will be for the fourth year at the World Cup level. Public plus side. Yeah. <laughs> Waves at France. <laughs> <laughs> There's another thing that's certain is that Buffalo aren't going to make the playoffs, but that's not to do with the World Champs. <laughs> Let's not kick him out. It's still funny to talk about it, isn't it? True. 
I say that now. Watch the Rangers will do really good now, and we'll do really terribly, and then we'll be joining you on the non-playoff list. <laughs> Genuinely unsurprised me. Um, we'll see you socially distanced on the golf course. Socially distanced on the golf course. It sounds like a good plan, in fairness. Golf reopens tomorrow. It does. That's that's a great news. That's a great news story to end on, isn't it? Really, <laughs> the driving ranges and golf courses are opening again. Oh, and in fairness, boys, this time next week, um, there'll have been some hockey. There'll, there'll have been some British elite league hockey. I'm trying to word it in a way that doesn't disclude the NIHL. There'll have been some British elite league hockey, which after 12 months seems really bizarre to actually say. Yeah, there would have been some Storm v Steelers game mm. where you'll probably have been giving me a lot of banter. Oh, more than likely, more than likely. <laughs> what I want to know is, do you know when it's the Cardiff games when they're the home team, are they going to go and paint like Magnolia on a white wall to represent the Cardiff stain? <laughs> Just for full authenticity. Only Cardiff were in it. <laughs> Oh yeah, well that's true. No, I think we need it just to make it just to make just for Todd Kelman's benefit. So I want a board ad. So you know when you said they change the board ads every game, I have to put like a landmark so one of them be the Cardiff stain. <laughs> I, it's genuinely it feels unnatural talking about it without Cardiff being involved. Like then my genuine no, my head not, just went straight right. to like all the teams being involved. Then I was like when you said that first, I was like, what's your oh yeah, Cardiff aren't playing. Oh, yeah. And there'll be people listening going, what on earth is the Cardiff stain? If you know, you know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you have either of us on social media, I'm sure you'll have seen it. Please don't uh, look at the picture. <laughs> if you have to put that photo on again, you know. Please don't put that photo on again. There it is. I think we should. You look fabulous, We've Joe. Got Greff in a, in a wonderful jersey. I think, you know, it's only fair that, you know, we, we spread the love. Speaking of spreading the love and sharing pictures, are you going to share the picture of, uh, of Greff's face in the crowd? Yeah, that's what we're about. Can't do. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That if hold on, that is one thing we haven't talked about is the face in the crowd. What do we think to the price of it and the, the concept of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing else really to say. It's it's good. It's you know another thing that they've done well. It's one of those things. Isn't it? I, it's expensive, but if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. I don't see the need to like berate people that want to pay it. Exactly. Because the NHL's done it, and I did it for Buffalo. That was forty-four quid. You paid forty-four quid for your for a face in the stands of Buffalo. Yep. Well, I, I think this was about sixty-five pound. Brilliant. But I didn't do it. Yeah, but in fairness, it's the Islanders and then Buffalo. I know. But... Islanders have to take into account the fact it might be in the stands for further games once playoffs start, whereas Buffalo cut off that that whole part of the season. So. In fairness, fans have already been asking if they can take it back so that the the, the cardboard cutouts don't get to see that hockey anymore. Brilliant. True. I mean, when mine was in the crowd, we lost 5 0 for Cats. Was that just for one game as well? Yep. You, you're in one section for one game on the cameras, and then you're upstairs for all of it. Did you even see, did you see yours when you were watching it? No. Because I, I was, I went, I'm not watching this. I'm going to bed. <laughs> so you paid forty four quid for your face in the crowd in one game, and then decided to go to bed instead of watching said game. Yep, and then I got an email the next day. 
you were in the car that are like a few expletives then. Did you not? Did they not even tell you what game it was going to be in? Did you literally just pay and they just selected a random game for you? Yep. Oh, that's amazing. That's like. <laughs> So that's one thing then for any elite league fans that have been complaining about facing the crowd. <laughs> see, uh, see previous evidence to show that the prices aren't actually that bad. I think you can file it under hashtag Buffalo things. Was that is that the same for the island? The sixty whatever was that just for one game? No, no, you, you're just in the crowd all the time. You're in the crowd all the time, but in you're in like one section where the camera always goes to one game. one game oh right okay 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 that's not that bad. i thought you meant legit it was just one game that they could do you get do you get the cut out at the end of it no well you could but i was like now nah, you're fine you're fine it was like an extra 20 imagine the shit mm-hmm. <laughs> or you could get a player player to sign one of it you couldn't choose the player and that was like 125 dollars brilliant i was like now nah, you're all right to get an email saying that it's been signed by Eric Stahl, who's now on his way to Montreal. <laughs> Honestly, it'd be worth doing, mate. In fairness, get pay pay for one for the next game and get it signed by someone just for a memento of the time that you overtook the lead for the uh, longest losing streak in the NHL. I think they stopped doing it now because you still having fans in. Yeah, yeah, true. true, true, true. One negative of it though as a league perspective is uh the deadline date wasn't as well advertised so unfortunately i have missed out on putting uh someone in the crowd and Greff, you are very very lucky that would have been quality as well genuinely like <laughs> that would have been amazing yeah storm heart steelers jersey and the steelers tattoo oh, <laughs> oh quality all right, gents. I think that just about brings us to a close, unless we've got any any, any other business that we want to uh, we want to bring up. No. Okay. Well, it's been nice to get One back. One thing that I'm surprised on. Oh, Go on. We mentioned Connolly, and we didn't say hi Ben. It's true. Very good point. Very good point. Very indeed. true. So, hello, Ben. <laughs> Mention your favourite player. Nothing wrong. I kind of love Connolly. It's nothing wrong with Connolly. I said that now. This is when he gets like ten penalties in his first game. I was game. saying that you were there the first, you know, frothing at the mouth, complaining about him. In fairness, like you know, when Connolly joined the Steelers like last year, he had like a five-week period where he didn't seem to do anything but take penalties, and then his game really elevated. So I'm really hoping we skip that five-week period this time. Nice. Otherwise, otherwise, Michael Davis back. Peggy all over again. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's a shame. Can you imagine? Every home game, the pegs get thrown over the boards. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, gents. Well, if that's everything, it's been, uh, it's been nice to get back behind the mic and actually discuss some British hockey, uh, the prospect of British hockey coming back. Last time last time we did this, it was very much on the premise of we don't know when hockey will be back, so let's talk about the NHL. So it's been quite nice to actually have British hockey to talk about. Um, and yeah, hopefully it won't be too long now. We're actually going to have games to discuss soon and find Ooh. out that all of our predictions are significantly wrong. So um, yeah, but until that point, uh, thank you very much, Dave. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, Andy and Griff. Um, it's uh, been a lengthy one, 
Um, bringing it back, but uh, all good content as ever. We say. We say. I was going to say. We're not going to say <laughs> Just end the podcast with yes, and this has been two and a quarter hours of complete crap. Um, but hey, yo, yeah, you got your own take. Um, Andy, thank you very much. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Claire. Thanks, everyone listening again. And it's good to be back. It is. It is. And Gref, last but not least, again, just like the Sabres, um, thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, I was expecting that one. Well, yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks to staff. Also, thanks to anyone that's been listening to this for the full length. Sorry it's lengthy, but episode 69, we have to do something. It, it, it does suit the number, let's be honest. In fairness, I, I do have to say, firstly, I hope that, that any immature listeners of this podcast enjoyed the fact that it was episode 69, and I hope that any mature listeners of the podcast enjoyed laughing at us at making immature jokes about it being episode 69. Um, it's the number taken. It's the number taken. <laughs> so long as they enjoyed no. the good length of the, co- of, the, of the podcast, then it's fine. This is true. A, length, a lengthy episode 69 podcast is, is, is what we aimed for, and I think it's what we delivered. Wow. so yeah just like everybody else thank you everybody listening uh thanks guys uh it's been good to be back hopefully uh, not too long before the next one all right thanks a lot <laughs>